0: Blog talk Radio. This is Jay Lethal, the undisputed champion of the wrestling world. This
1: is John Sullivan. This is Babs Ayik Michael Thompson talking to Phenomenal
2: A.J. Styles, I'm Xavier Charles Johnson. Psycho Killer from Austin Champa.
0: This is Matt Blair. Thank you for listening to SportsCast Radio. SportsCast Radio. Welcome to Sportcast SportsCast Radio.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, that's right This ain't Jordan Jiskra, Ryan Cook back In the saddle, sitting here, running sportscast Back to the roots, back the way It should be, no I'm just kidding, Jordan's got A migraine, and I've had a huge NBA boner you could say So there was one person, and one person only I had to call You know, the way I was going to finish that probably wouldn't have Been the best sentence, so we're just going to cancel it Ladies and gentlemen, thanks for listening to our NBA special And as always, when I talk NBA, I bring With me one man Mr. Nick Hagberg. Mr. Hagberg, what is going on, sir?
2: Man, it's good to be here. I, th- I think, I what was our last show? Like
1: six, seven months ago now? Yeah. I mean, we had that little MLB one that I was half on for because we were battling the Zika virus over here, and it was a little rough. But, yeah, we had that yeah. fun uh, po- or free agency show, the, the night of free agency, and really haven't talked a lot about the NBA until now, and it's just award seasons kicking in. This free agency, potentially we could see, you know, eight big name from superstars to almost superstars all change teams depending how dominoes play. The draft, we could have one of the most athletic freaks we've ever seen coming out and and make an immediate impact. The postseason's been fun. I mean, the Rockets calling their shot, and now they're not winning when they tried to uh, go book their hotel in Golden State even though the series wasn't over, so there's a lot to unpack, and I'm very excited. Um, before we get into all that, Nick, uh, you know, we we used to sit in the, uh, the pizza joint until uh, all hours of the night with no orders, and we're the only ones there, and we would go on a couple websites, and we would try to figure out how the hell can we still gamble uh, 9.30 <laughs> at night without an East Coast game, uh, Hawaii yep. isn't playing. Uh, they're they're on the road, so we don't have that late night Saturday Hawaii game. But you're taking <laughs> a step up, Sportsbettingmasters.com. I was jacked when I saw this. It's a beautiful site. You, you you got a you got a new fan here that's going to be pushing this product, guys. As I posted at Sports Betting M eight on Twitter, hit them up. Hit up the website. I I it's like I feel like a proud father. I watched I watched Mr. Hagberg grow up as this sports gambler into now the man making the picks for me to go and make money. What brought this on, man?
2: Man, you know uh you know this is I mean I mean like like you said, I mean this I mean I mean I remember working with you. I mean, what was this like 2 or 3 years ago now, you know, you know, we're always throwing together those shitty parlays for the for the day <laughs> after. <laughs> You know, none of them ever won. Most of them, um, you know, we're throwing to, uh, but, but you know, I, I think as I've gone on, I think you know, um, you know, I think it's, and I think you can say the same thing. You know, I think we kind of, uh, you know, it's just it's something I have a passion for, you know, and I think that, um, you know, we got a couple of got a couple of people working on it. Um, you know, and it's always fun, you know, just analyzing games just you know trying to you know and trying to build something and promote something I think that I always you know I I mean I've always spent years watching people on YouTube you know reading articles and um and I always thought you know you know why can't I do that or you know and uh you know and that's and that's the thing you know and it's uh you know you got to have a passion for it and and you know it's one of those things where um by doing it I think that you know I've gotten better, and uh you know and the people I'm working with on it you know um very knowledgeable and i and, and you know we all have a passion for it and uh and you know we'll see where it goes but uh r- really you know it's just about it's just about the love of sports, love of making money, and uh yeah. you know and hopefully winning bets,
1: yeah, that's what i'm talking about man and to be fair to be fair some of those parlays man we put a lot of time and effort in and we would miss by one game or just one little thing like there was there was a 10 team or i think it was a 10 team oh. college football one, and it was no, actually Akron uh yep wasn't it
2: yeah no i'll jump in uh i i, I remember this see like I, uh so we each uh we each threw in 20 bucks i think yeah we used threw in 20 bucks it was uh it was a tw- it was uh, 20, it was a 20 to one, uh, college football parley. And I remember there was 17 teams on it. And I remember, uh, I think, I think the, like the first eight games won, cause we did it over multiple days. We did Friday, Saturday, Sunday.
0: That's and, right. I remember we,
2: and I remember we got, it was that 11 AM game. It was Marshall and Akron and, uh, Marshall, I think 17 point favorite at home. And, you know, and we picked all the teams to win, you know, you know we weren't screwing around with the spread or anything. And, uh, you know, these guys, they got up like, they're up like 10, 14 points. And then, you know, all of a sudden shit hit the fan in Akron <laughs> for, for <laughs> no apparent reason, just started playing lights out. And I just, uh, it, it was absolutely crazy, but um, good times though.
1: Oh man. I remember they were, uh, I had, I had people painting my ceiling cause my, my house was leaking from this crazy storm. So I'm, I, uh, Jen and Sydney are all huddled with me in the bedroom they want to watch the kids' show. And I said, Listen, <laughs> we got money on the line. We're watching Marshall Akron right now. <laughs> the, the worst game we can watch. And that was the worst part. It was on television, too, of all things. It was on like yes. CBS Sports College 3 or something. You know, just the, you know, when people say ESPN, the Ocho, it was like that irrelevant of a channel. But damn it, they were showing Marshall Akron. And I'm just sick to my stomach because we did it. And just, it just could uh, and I will say there was there was a couple there was a few that I started hitting that at near the end of the run of doing it. And I was pretty happy about that, and we did win one joint one, which at the time we're like, oh hell yeah, we won a Bitcoin each. That's like two hundred and fifty bucks. Let's cash that out. Boy, oh, was yeah. that a mistake? Well, <laughs> well, 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 yeah. and The
2: thing is too. I mean, when we when we were gambling, I mean, this was back when Bitcoin was worth like you know you know you know twenty or or like you know two three hundred dollars a coin i mean i mean think about this now when it got to 20k you know years later with really thousands if you think about it i mean i mean i I mean just imagine if we would have held on to the bitcoin you know that we were betting with i i I mean we were just pissing away money left and right i mean oh my god I, i mean and that's the thing like we knew about and that's the thing i always regret too just talking about bitcoin it's like Oh, God, I was using it for betting when the thing was – when it was worth pennies because that was the only way to do it, but um, – Yep. Hey, you you know, do, but,
1: you're know, but like a drug addict needing a fix, man. We figured out a way to still keep that – and that's – you know what? Not, not to keep harping on it too much, but speaking of that, when you, when you were – you know, you mentioned it was up to like 20K. We could have flew to Vegas every weekend for the NFL with this money we could have won and just did it with cash because of all yeah, the cash we no, could have won with that. Yeah, uh, no
2: – yeah, but you know what? Uh yeah, no. I'm I'm a lot better now though because of that. I think that uh I think my days of doing the, the seventeen game parlays are over, but you know it, uh
0: <laughs> but you
2: know what though that it, it was it was one of the more memorable stories I had definitely uh you know sweating out Akron and Marshall just um you know on a on an early Saturday afternoon and getting pissed when when the Akron zips <laughs> beat Marshall
1: <laughs> Terrible. hey make sure what's again, guys sports dot com. you can get all the details and a wise coach once once said this which is exactly what nick hagberg's gonna give you take that for data You're oh yeah hey, I'll, hey,
2: I'll give you hey, i'll give you data too i think we're uh i'm looking at a record right now we're 40 and 23 so we're hitting like 65 percent in the first one yeah month yeah so i i I don't know i don't know how many people can say that but uh we're off to a hell of a start which is uh which is always nice
1: you you ready for this here's here's the uh uh how do i want to say this uh I, i i can let i can let sydney say it this is the official move of the week nick what's the spread on canelo danny jacobs
2: I have no clue. You, you, you already know I don't <laughs> bet on boxing. That shit is fixed. I don't. I, I don't bet on that. I don't bet on boxing. You, you, you know, I'll tell you what, the, la- the, 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 the last time I bet on boxing was that stupid Manny Pacquiao and Jeff Horn fight. I remember. I, I oh, th- this God. was back when th- this was back when I worked with you part time at the pizza joint. I'm, I'm in the back uh, doing the dishes, and I and I got bet three six five the, the the live the, the live betting on my phone, and Pacquiao's like you know, he's like 70% chance to win. And then, you know, put the phone down. I start doing more dishes. Then all of a sudden I look up again. I'm like, oh shit, now he's 50% to win. I'm like what the hell's happening? And then by the oh, end of God. it, I was like, oh no. Oh no. Jeff Horn just won in Australia. The, the 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 judges rigged the fight. They gave him the decision.
1: I just Terrible. remember I was texting you going, oh. I can't believe what's happening. I cannot believe what is happening right now that I'm watching. And oh, I was screw just... Jeff
2: Horn, man. Oh. Uh, now,
1: Jeff- Jeff Ford came out after getting his ass beat by Terence Crawford. He's like, you know, I could beat Canelo Alvarez. Oh God, I would love to watch him fight Canelo Alvarez and just get the ever living crap kicked out of him. Uh, Bavada, we'll use Bavada as Canelo Alvarez at a minus five hundred. We got to get you on there. If you go on Odd Shark, we got to get you on that top line next to Westgate and Caesar's Palace. That's going to be my my odds for the year. Um, but also talking odds we get right into this you know it, it, we'll, we'll talk betting all day otherwise if we don't i want to i want to talk some some stuff tonight uh, i want to talk to nba awards some free agency just just chatter and banter with what could happen uh the nba draft, if there's anything crazy we think could be there uh current postseason's been pretty fun i may need to complain and vent about the lakers to somebody um and, and maybe they can try to help me cope with with the life that i'm running into right now but i want to first first things first i want to go to nba nba awards as you mentioned when we were in the uh the the screening room there uh mike budenholzer won the coach of the year that's we both agree that that was going to be the pick to win so we won't have to worry too much about that one uh if i can i gotta pull up my little notes here uh i did want to ask you right off the bat what who do you who do you have if you even have anyone because I don't know if you went over this, but who do you got for your executive of the year now that these NBA presidents of basketball are becoming such a big deal? I this is the first year I've really I, I've known for the last few years a lot of the presidents in this, the NBA, but this is the first year I really actually started getting into this, and I think it's because. Magic Johnson with the Lakers and then Magic stepping away and now me hearing all these rumors and thoughts of what's going to happen. Uh, who do you have as the executive of the year in the NBA?
2: Oh, I think, uh, I think I just looked at up. I, it's gotta be the Bucks GM. The, his name is John Horst. Okay. I think that's how you say his last name. Uh, you know, and I, and I, just think that when, when we think about the NBA and I think we've uh, you know, we've seen it with our, you know, hometown Timberwolves, for instance. It's so hard for these small market teams in in the northern U.S. to even compete. I mean, and what the Bucks have done the last couple of years, just building around Giannis Tinacumbo and and really getting solid pieces. You got Chris Middleton, Eric Bledsoe. I mean, it's absolutely amazing what the Bucks are doing, and and considering they have a shot to to get to the finals this year, and potentially upset the warriors i just think that you i mean you can't i mean obviously a lot of good executives you can look at you know what houston has done um you know what what the brooklyn nets have done even kind of coming out of coming out of nowhere and being a really good team in the eastern conference but i think that you just you cannot underestimate how incredible it is for a small market team like Milwaukee to finally uh you know they'll be the best team of the Eastern Conference, practically. <laughs> it's it's it, it, it's I don't know. I, you know it's really admirable for them, and uh, I don't. I'm rooting for them. I hope they get to the finals this year.
1: And and they're doing a lot of this. No, you know, no Malcolm Malcolm Brogdon, which helps. Uh, that Brook Lopez pickup was was fantastic for him. I I agree. There, that's a that's a good call. Um, I had him kind of hovering right around the top. I I put my list down to three guys. Um, Sam Presti on OKC for the fact that He took that chance with with Paul George, he got it right Paul George stays And Paul George ends up being a perennial MVP candidate And you could argue is the Number one now to Russ Being the number two, especially after the Way they went out in the playoffs with Russ taking all those shots And not hitting things Um, Now mind you, George making his, his Comment after the Dave Lillard shot was The stupidest thing he could have ever said because uh, he was 8-for-12 in the playoffs. He was 4-for-4 four four that game, and he was 20-for-51 in the regular season from past 30 to 37 feet. So he was hitting those shots all year on you. So don't <laughs> say that's a bad shot. No, nah, that, that was a good shot for Dame. So, but that's okay. Oh, yeah. Uh, Bob Myers, I, I think, deserves credit for the fact that he got Boogie Cousins. Mind you now, Boogie Cousins obviously isn't been the impact that they'd hope, but if you'd have told me on draft or on free agency that they're going to get Boogie to sign a $5 million contract to come to that team, I would have said, you're crazy. Bob, the builder, man, he's, he's another guy kind of like arm tell in Detroit. And now with Rob Palenka in, in LA agent turn president. And I mean, you, you look at the guys, he, he drafted Draymond in the second round. He got Festus Azili, who was a great player. He got Harrison Barnes. He got Kevin Durant to come over. So he's been doing this over and over. But my my guy who I'm giving the executive of the year to goes to Masai Ujiri in Toronto for the simple fact that this dude managed to get Kawhi Leonard for DeMar DeRozan and still got... Um, well, why can't I think of his name? name uh, the the point guard cat they got in the trade. I, I don't know why I can't think of his name. Um, uh, but what, the fact wait, that... What,
2: what? The trade with what team here? What are we uh, talking the, Spur, about here the
1: Spurs-Raptors one when, when they got Kawhi, but they got a second player with Kawhi. I don't know why. I can't think of his name. It was the... Uh, oh, Danny Green they got, I think it was. Uh,
2: Danny, oh, yep.
1: I, so yep. he, he, yeah. and, and he loads DeRozan, who has a terrible contract. Gets those two guys back and they're playing fantastic. I, I didn't get to see how the, the game with Philly went tonight. Oh, they got smoked by Philly. So they're on 2-1, but I mean, this guy took a took a chance, and and you know he pried away Kawhi Leonard, who you could argue if he keeps them, it's it's a, it's a W. So kudos to Toronto, who was in a spot where I thought they were ready to just start unloading and rebuild. And he flipped uh, he flipped DeRozan into Kawhi Leonard and Danny Green. So, you know, you're the you're the real MVP for that one. So I, I'm going with Ujiri for mine. But a lot of good people, you know, and, and I mentioned Arm Tellum too. The fact that you got Blake Griffin, and got in the playoffs with that Detroit team is a pretty good feat. And, you know, he, he helped everybody realize that your guy, Ish Smith, is valuable on a team. Um, where else? What do you, where do you want to go next? What, what category you want to jump into next? I got my list out here. Oh, we lost Hagberg. Hagberg has left the building. He was so mad about my Masai Ujiri pick that he uh, he decided to take off here. But that's okay. Uh, let's uh, let's go into why don't we go to six man? Let's talk. Uh, let's talk six man of the year. There's a lot of, of talk of who you could have take the six man. And there's a couple interesting things with the, with the Clippers. Uh, I'm just gonna check on Hagberg here. You're uh, not on. Oh, there he is. Hey, Nick got back in. Back. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know what tweeted, happened there. Alex sent me Bulls. Uh, Explicitive. <laughs> <Jeez. laughs>
0: thank, you.
1: thank you, Nick. All right. Thank you, Alex. Um sorry. I, I said let's jump into six man of the year. I think there's a lot of names that, that could be in this list. But I think an overwhelming favorite, and my pick is Lou Williams. Where are you going on on sixth man?
2: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. And speaking of odds, uh, since we're kind of talking about betting here, uh, I think he's like, I think he's like, he he's pretty much locked out. I think he's like, like a minus ten thousand or something at this point. Damn. Something like, yeah, yeah. I don't think. Uh, I, I mean, <laughs> I mean, there's other cases too. You, you know, mid season, I was kind of rooting for. Uh, for Derek Rose. I mean, uh, I, I mean, what an inspirational story Derek Rose was yeah. this year, you know? Um, I, I, I mean, I I think you would probably agree too, that when the Timberwolves signed Rose, it was kind of something that we were all just hoping would be, you know, he would just be a veteran presence in the locker room, maybe be a good resource for some of the young guys, but what, how he's came back from injury when everybody counted this dude out. uh, I mean, just remarkable. I think that, and I wish that he would have been in the race a little bit. I mean, Lou Williams deserves the award hands down, but it would have, it would have been one of the coolest things to see had Derek Rose got it. But, uh, but no, I think Lou Williams, definitely what he's done for the Clippers uh, probably probably the best scoring option on their team, to be frankly honest, after they made the Tobias Harris deal. I mean, pretty much got Gallinari and him. Yeah. And I don't think the Clippers would have made the playoffs without him, and I just think that in terms of, he's by far the most valuable six-man off the bench there is in the league.
1: I I thought Damato Sabonis deserves some consideration. Um, Spencer Dinwiddie, too, in Brooklyn. And depending what Brooklyn could do in free agency, Dinwiddie could make a real impact as a six-man next year. Um, Derek Rose, like you said, but the one that there's one that I have a weird case for, and I wanted to get your thoughts on this one to, to see if I'm just way off the spectrum with it, but I've, I've seen a lot of people give second or third place to Montrezl Harrell. And I think Harrell is a tremendous player, but how can, how do you give him votes when he's technically the seventh man? Am I just looking into that too much or? I mean, technically, he's not the sixth man. He's the seventh man. Lou right, is the right. sixth man. So how are you going to give – a team can't have two sixth men.
2: You see what I'm saying? Right. But, yeah, and the thing is, too, with Montrez Harrell, he's kind of a guy to me that, uh, you know, just, just kind of comes off the bench as an energy guy, gets a lot of blocks and steals. And, I mean, Lou Williams is really the scorer on that team. And, I, I mean, Harold to me, has shocked me. Uh, really – you know, was a guy that I think a lot of people ruled out a few years ago, but uh, I, I wouldn't say ruled out. Actually, I'll take that back. But I mean, just a guy that nobody really saw as a scoring threat, but but now a guy that when he comes off the bench, you know, I he he, I mean, he he's a guy the team's got to keep an eye on both offensively and defensively. So I mean, obviously you're right, seventh man, but you know, it's it's pretty amazing that the Clippers have two guys in that conversation. Yeah,
0: and,
1: and look, man. They they put up a fight with Golden State, and you know I don't know what Houston's mo was if they decided to go book their hotel in in Golden State, and then which in turn hurt the Clippers. You know if that would have went it went back there, um, but also like you know I don't know if they were trying to motivate the Clippers to the point that they could maybe get the Clippers to eliminate Golden State, but. You know, say Golden State did lose to the Clippers. Well, if you're in Houston, now you just spent a week in Oakland, and now you just have to fly back to Houston. It was a stupid move. It didn't work, and, I mean, it's already showing that they're they're mentally defeated as it is. But, I mean, that's that's a conversation for later. I just – it just still blows my mind. Like Daryl Morey is so smart that I don't know why he thought that was a good move, but – Whatever no. it is, what it is. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> if you say so. Um, what about most improved? I have a feeling this is going to be another one that's going to be kind of a, a unanimous thought. Um, I went Toronto Pascal Siakam. I I just I think it's insane the way that he just uh, he, you know he turned into. I think almost what they wish Serge Ibaka was. I think it's a good way to look at him but he's been tremendous. I think D'Angelo Russell too deserves some, some consideration. Derek Rose, Alex said, Derek Rose, Derek Rose, I, I think does deserve some too. Um, I wanted to go Tobias Harris because I think he's turning into a perennial max deal player, but I think he didn't make a big enough step. So I, I'm going to go Pascal Siakam over a guy like D'Angelo Russell, who finally figured it out, but I'm, I'm don't call me crazy. I think Giannis is going to get some votes out of Steph Curry when he went from MV you know, his back-to-back MVPs, where he got so much better, he almost he had a chance to win Most Improved and MVP after being an MVP, which is unheard of. But long story short, Pascal Siakam is my pick for Most Improved Player.
2: Oh yeah, hands down. And I remember when we when we did that show back in November, I remember talking Pascal Siakam up quite a bit. Which yep. is pretty ironic, because after what he did that first month, I think it, it was it was kind of something that we thought was maybe a fluke somewhat, hope, possibly hopeful that that could continue later on in the year, but it's just absolutely amazing what he's been able to do. And I remember just a couple of days ago, I came across an article with his scouting report, I think, coming out of college, and I mean, I mean the scouts absolutely ripped into this dude, talking about how he was a liability on the offensive end. He was pretty much only a defensive player, and to see him absolutely prove everybody wrong,
0: <laughs> I think is de- I, I,
2: I think it's deserving to, to get the award in itself because I mean the numbers back it up. Yeah, the way he's performed this year for Toronto, he's arguably he's arguably their second option behind Kawhi Leonard. The thing is. I mean, he's not sitting out every other day like Kawhi Leonard. The dude actually shows up and plays every day.
0: But that's a different
2: conversation, too. But, um, yeah, I'm just a big fan of Pascal Siakam. I think that the Raptors, I mean, the way he's developed his game, it's incredible, and he's definitely a guy that I'm going to be following throughout his career.
1: Um, Next up on the list, let's go into Defensive Player of the Year. Hagberg, why don't you kick this one off for us?
2: I don't I don't see how you can say anybody other than Rudy Golbert, to be honest with you, center for the Jazz. I just uh I mean you just look at that team and I, I mean to be honest with you, to be frankly honest, Golbert could win the award every single year. He's in my opinion perimeter or not perimeter, but uh defense defense inside and in the paint, I think, and I think you'd agree with this is probably one of the most underrated things about the NBA nowadays. I mean, it's really turned into an up-tempo game. There's really... Who could shoot more (laughs) three-pointers. Well, well, exactly, and and that's the thing. And and when you can, you know, when you can force teams to shoot threes and stop them in transition, I mean, that's how you win basketball games. And if you look at Utah's roster, and I, I don't that Utah has the most attractive roster in terms of star power, but the reason why Utah is always gonna be one of the best teams at the Western Conference with their current makeup right now is that they play team basketball. You look at Ricky Rubio, Donovan Mitchell, even Joe Engles and, and Jay Crowder, just uh, you know, just actually is Crowder still with the Jazz. I shouldn't I don't know if I should have it's
1: think no, I'm pretty sure Jay Crowder's on the Jazz. Oh, yeah. He, he's,
2: well, yeah, only look at this. But, yeah, he's on the well, I only ask, he's on a different team every other year, it feels like.
1: But uh. <laughs> true. <laughs> it's it's like back in the day with uh what what's what was that guy's name? Uh, El Munoz or something on the twins or I can't remember what his name was, but we jokingly we were like sixth grade and we're like, We wanted to write you a letter and have you sign our card but <laughs> you're on a different team every year. <laughs>
2: We <laughs> thought we were really well, funny. Like, uh, which we're well, not, well but... that's like, yeah, that's like, uh, that's like Jared. That's like Jared Dudley too. I think he's been on, what he's been on, a million teams too. Like, you know, he's gone on the, he's gone on the, you know, the the whole American tour. You know, touring around the country to, you know, what city's going to play on next. Gosh,
1: that dude jared bayless is another one portland hornets raptors grizzlies celtics bucks sixers timberwolves and then he drops 52 with the wolves like what the hell
0: <laughs> don't ask me <laughs>
1: um yeah i one hundred percent agree uh, rudy gobert i do think though paul george is going to get some votes more than we may think he will um if you look at if you look at his numbers he had a career high in steals this year Um, He had a career high in defensive rebounds, a career high in total rebounds as well. Uh, A half a block a game over two steals. So he was, you know, he was almost half a steal above his career average. So I I do think he was doing a great job. And once again, it's it's one of those things where, you know, Paul George is 20 years old. People always talk about 28 to 32 is your prime. And we saw Paul George, like I said, become the number one on that team where everyone goes, Oh, Russell Westbrook, he averaged a triple double. Well, he didn't win them games like Paul George did. So I think George gets a couple of votes, but I think that's another one. That's a, that's a pretty easy one with Rudy Gobert. Um Two awards left. I think this is another pretty easy, but maybe you'll have different thoughts. Uh, rookie of the year. You going Luca?
2: Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. But, but I will say this. And we talked about this back in November when we did the last show. How we thought that the the Hawks absolutely made a terrible move with with the with the swap, where the Trey Young Lucas swap, and
0: mm-hmm.
2: how it, and props to Trey Young. He's I think really proved a lot of people wrong. I think a lot of people thought coming out of Oklahoma that he was just going to be this this guy that you know, just camps out around the three-point line, only shooting threes, guy that's going to be shooting 30%, probably a guy that might be out of the league in, you know, three to five years, but but hats off to him. He's proved everybody wrong, and I think that even though Luka will probably have the better career long-term with the Mavericks, I think that in hindsight, it was not as bad of a move as we initially thought.
1: No. Uh, no, Trey Young I think is definitely gonna he'll win he'll get second over I think a guy like Ayton or Marvin Bagley. Forty two percent from the field goal line, thirty two percent from the three point line, shot eighty three percent from the field. And nowadays rookies cannot make free throws. Average nineteen and eight, four boards. He had a good season. It's just Luka Doncic. Just I mean, it, it was remarkable the season that dude had and it's, it's more and more proving that, you know, getting a proven Euro guy who can do what they're doing is worth a lot. I mean, 21, eight and six for Luca, the dude can play it's small forward shooting guard point guard. You know, he's, he's six, seven, but he's two twenty, So he's not, you know, you remember when, when he, he probably weighs more than Kevin Durant, when Durant came into the league, Durant looked, Durant looked like a seven foot tall Demetrius. So, I mean, it was there wasn't much to him. <laughs> but yeah. Doncic just, I mean, he was winning games, and now paired with you know if Porzingis comes back, okay, Dallas suddenly is going to become a much improved team. And I think, I think how good Doncic did proves once again that um, everyone's favorite Sacramento Kings have the worst a off front office of the NBA, uh, especially Vladi Divac, Vladi Divac being the GM of that team trade or doesn't draft the Euro that potentially could be the best player is the best player out of that, out of that draft. Right. And, you know, give it a few years. Who's to say Luca isn't a top 10 player in the NBA. I know it's speaking early, but if he improves off of what he's already done, I mean, this rookie season has been better than a lot of rookie seasons from a lot of all-star players, so, you know, kudos, kudos to Dallas for grabbing Luka, and kudos for Vlade Divac doing everything I want the Sacramento Kings to do, and that's fail, so, thank hey, you. Hey, I, I'm going to
2: stop, I'm going to stop you right here, though. Can, can, aren't we at a consensus that it's the owner's fault, that that, that dude is the worst owner in basketball? Oh,
0: you know, my the guy, God, yeah. You, you, you know,
2: Mr., Mr. bringing Rudy Gay, so I'm going to so I'm going to cherry pick. I'm going to play four oh on five God. on defense so he can sit at the other end. I mean, honestly, this might be a word. I never thought I'd say this, you know, because Glenn Taylor, the owner of our hometown, Minnesota Timberwolves, he- he's pretty bad. But but this guy, I mean, he probably <laughs> rivals Glenn Taylor. In terms of oh basketball knowledge. I- and the thing is, I mean, it makes no sense if- that how, and that's kind of, I know I rant about this all the time, how stupid professional sports owners can be like these guys can own a professional sports team for 20, 30 years. It, 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 and we're sitting and we're sitting here at ten thirty on a, on a Thursday night with spitting out more knowledge than these dudes can in three decades at their jobs. I don't, I don't understand it, man. I, <laughs> I, I, I don't get how certain, I just don't get how owners think and, even front office guys think a lot of times, it, I don't get it.
1: Oh man, yeah, Vivek Ranadive is is awful. Um, there's a there's a I don't remember when this is from, but I found this. Uh, Chris Maddox from Sports Illustrated was on uh, Dan Patrick, and he he was on there and he said uh, talks about the soap opera isn't good as predictability, uh, dysfunctional kings, and says it all begins in the owner's box with Vivek Ranadive, who is one of the worst owners in the league. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so they're on see there you go, this guy, yeah, see there it, you go,
2: I mean, but i always come back to the same thing about that dude, he, Sacramento they were gonna leave the city, and he stepped in, and he saved the team, even though we all agree yeah the
1: Mals trash
2: owner, oh yeah, yeah well, I they mean, were going to Seattle they're they're gonna be the Sonics, or they're gonna probably move to Seattle if you know if that guy wouldn't have stepped in and did what he did, but. Um in terms of basketball knowledge like i said absolute trash but
1: class oh, act for saving the team all it, it, it how do you not uh how do you not criticize your your g m for not taking the european guy when that would have been the natural fit to grab the euro to play with you i uh, was asinine. and then, and then you know that not, not to turn this into a trash segment uh, Marvin Bagley too he had fifteen and essentially 15-8. and eight. So, I mean, he didn't have a bad year. Kings did go 39-43, and 43, two games under five hundred. So, uh, kudos, they did have a better team. Deer and Fox stepped up. They got Harrison Barnes. They, you know, Buddy Heald. Bielitsa did good for him. Caleb Swanigan wasn't bad either. Um, Late-round pick Wenyan Gabriel wasn't bad. So, I mean, to be fair, um, they have been better. Harry Giles is starting to figure it out, too. So, I'll give them their props. But then... Then of all things, the one I, I remember saying this to you uh, before the season started. and I said the one kudos I will give Sacramento after blowing the Luka Doncic thing is they brought in a hell of a good coach in Dave Yeager. Oh yeah, Yeager gets yeah. See team two games under five hundred, and they fire him.
2: Oh, and I, I couldn't believe that either because I mean, <laughs> I mean, look at look look at the crew he has to deal with.
0: I, I, oh and my that's, god. It, 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 I,
2: honestly, that's almost as bad. I remember when uh, when Kevin McHale got fired from the Rockets. That, that that was another one. Like Kevin McHale getting fired from the Rockets. Uh, I mean, if, if we want to go even further back, Dwayne Casey getting fired from the Timberwolves. I mean, I just don't. Oh yeah, God!
0: That's I don't so get why these coaches.
2: Hard. Yeah, why do they have a, such a short leash? And then on top of it, not to rip on your Lakers, they bring in Luke Walton. Like yeah. I mean, literally, literally, like what? Th- a few days after he got fired from the Lakers, you bring in Luke Walton. I I don't, I don't understand it, but I do think Luke Walton does fit if we're kind of talking about the Lakers. Now, I think he fits better with Sacramento. uh, than he does with LeBron's team in LA.
1: And to be fair, to be fair, I'll defend Luke on this front. When they brought in Luke to be the coach, it made sense because it was a young team. He got along with all the young guys and it was a good fit. LeBron wasn't it, when when LeBron came, it changed the entire spectrum. So, at the time, Luke Walton, you, you know, we all know Jeannie Buss likes to keep it in the family. She's got the 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 Rambus couple, uh, you know, up in the front office. You know, her two brothers, Ryan West, Jerry West, son. They keep it all in the family up there. So, I mean, I understand the Luke Walton thing. It made sense at the time. You had Magic in there. You had Palenka, who was Kobe's agent, so everything always tied together. But it was just. You mean the writing was on the wall with the LeBron thing, but here comes Sacramento. Mm, quick, let's fire Dave Yeager and pick up the Lakers sloppy seconds. It didn't work in L. A. because of their system. I get that, but why do you think it's going to work in yours? You think he's going to? Oh, he's going to be able to take De'Aaron and Fox and mentor him into something. Well, now he's got allegations on him, and who knows what's going to happen? And they fired David frickin' Yeager. Like,
2: yeah, just uh, just ridiculous. My
1: God. Yeah,
2: I don't know. I don't know what they're doing. Timberwolves should call Dave Yeager.
1: Bring him in, man.
2: Well, I think he's from Minnesota too, isn't he? I want to say I he is.
1: So. Yeah, I, I think David you know,
2: Baker is from here. Yeah.
1: David Jager, Jogger but,
2: but you know what? Though Glenn Taylor would never do that, though, because we all know
1: uh, he, he only high, he he yeah, he went to Concordia.
2: Oh, in St. Paul.
1: Yeah. For college, oh. he's from. Uh, yeah, he's from. He's from Minnesota.
2: Yeah, but you know what though, he didn't have connections with the Wolves, so Glenn Taylor won't hire him. So that's kind of the, you know, he's got a, you know, it's the, you know, it's the good old boys club with the Wolves. They only hire the <laughs> the former players and uh, and and uh, guys that are affiliated with them.
1: Well, and, and that's the one thing too is like I get it if you want to keep it in the family, you know, Sam Mitchell, whatever, I, I you know, it is what it is with him, but like. I mean, he won Coach of the Year in two thousand seven. I did forget about that. But the one thing about about the, the the Timberwolves is you don't have that giant great tree of family like the Lakers do. <laughs> you know, you don't have Jerry West no. and you don't have Jerry nope. West's lineage. You know, this is. Uh, I mean, you, you got you got my almost my whole name. You got Ryan Saunders there, who's been there for a while. let will see what he could do. But I don't know. It's just it's frustrating and. It it always goes back to the Sacramento Kings. There's there's a reason (laughs) to ESPN released. uh, uh, They took all four major sports, NBA, NHL, MLB, and NFL, and they took all the teams, all, what would it be, 122, 123 teams or what? Yeah, 123, I think it is. And they rated them one through 123 as an organization. Sacramento was 123. They were dead last.
2: Well, it's not surprising, but. It it's it comes down to their own their ownerships always even I I think the two there was two brothers I forgot it was was it the, uh, the the Maloofs the Maloofs yeah so the Maloofs owned them they I I can't recall I was too young when this when when they were when they were good in the early 2000s I remember the yeah, yeah my had, first memory of watching.
1: Heard. Bibby right, my
2: first memory of watching basketball was that was that Western Conference semifinal series with the with the Lakers and the Wolves, and how, how the Wolves prevailed in seven. How that was, you know, probably the the only highlight we have as Minnesota basketball fans here. But that fourth but, yeah, quarter was and, the
1: greatest fourth quarter against the Kings with the Wolves I've ever seen. That was one of my favorite. Oh yeah, fourth I, mean,
2: quarters I, I I mean, I've watched that over too uh, when. And it was a low-scoring game. It wasn't. I want to say it was like eighty-three to seventy-nine. I want to say. I could be wrong about that score. But, uh, I don't know. It, it was a really low-scoring game. I remember. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, I've watched the highlights of that. But but yeah. But but back to the Kings here. Again, it's just. It just it's always dysfunctional. It's a lot like, a lot of small market teams, and that kind of goes back to what the what I was saying about the Bucks earlier. The fact that the Bucks. We're able to overcome all those challenges and get and get to the top. That's remarkable, I think, Uh, and I hope Sacramento can eventually turn it around. It's still a good football city.
1: And I mean, to be fair, they they got to be on the right trend, you know, with a 39 win season. You're two games out of 500, but man, I just the hell you firing Dave Yeager for (laughs) it, dude. That dude did a great job in Memphis, and it was one of the things where they moved on from him in Memphis because they're just getting ready to rebuild anyway. I mean, look, they moved Mark Gasol to Toronto. Who knows what's going to happen with Mike Conley? I mean, that team's in, in a rebuild mode. And, you know, you, you start rebuilding, you need a new coach. It is what it is. I mean, you got you got a guy, um, if he would have stayed healthy all year, Jaron Jackson Jr. could be a guy we were we were talking about for Rookie of the Year because he started looking really good by the end of it there. So, I mean, bright future for, for Memphis, and they had to start over. Sacramento gets to reap the spoils, and then they can the guy. I mean, they're idiots, they're, they're idiots. They don't deserve success. It's like, it's like James Dolan. <laughs> I hope he doesn't get Durant and Kyrie because he doesn't deserve that. He's a terrible owner. Well, he's a terrible person too.
2: <laughs> he, at, least the, at least the Sacramento guy's nice. See, you know, at least you know, at least the Sacramento guy, you know, like a humble, you know, kind individual. But James Dolan, I mean, he's just. I, I can't, I mean, I, I could, I could name many, many words to to describe <laughs> James Dolan, but uh, yeah, not, not a fan of that guy.
1: Um, Terrible. Obviously last award here could be really close at the top. Who do you got for your MVP?
2: Oh, wow. That's tough. It's, it's either going to be Giannis versus Harden. Obviously there's really no other, I don't think there's, I don't I, think you can make an argument for anybody else.
1: But. I think a couple months ago, Paul George could have been in the running when they started when they were winning. I but I agree. think when that team started dropping, I think that made it just you know a harder Giannis two man camp instead of adding uh, Paul George. And and I think to be fair too, I think if they would they would have stayed where they were going, and um, I'm, I'm trying to remember if I, I can't remember if he missed any how many games he had missed. I thought there was a little stretch. Oh, he, he did play 80 games, but I think if. They could have secured that top spot and kept where they're going. I think Nikola Jokic could have got some votes too, because he, my God, this guy, that guy's just out of this world. But I think it's those oh, yeah. two. Who are, who are you taking out of I'm taking Giannis.
2: Same, same. But but I will I, I will play devil's advocate here. If if you were to make an argument for James Harden, I think that stretch when Paul when uh, Chris Paul was was out due to injury, I think that oh, the stretch of 40-point games James Harden had, I think that was worthy of winning MVP in itself. But I think in ter- if you're looking at strictly value the team and what would happen if you took each player off of each team, I think that I think just the stuff that Giannis has been able to do is amazing. And I do think this, I think the writers have more of an incentive to give John is the MVP award because really, and I don't know if you agree with this. I really think he's going to become the face of the league. LeBron uh, winds down in his career.
1: Yeah, I, I, you know, before the, you'd always talk about, you know, who's who's untradeable, and you know, obviously LeBron was always on that list. But I think right now, if if you had to, if you had to give me, two, you know, like one guy that is. Untradable in the NBA it's it's Giannis. And I think if it wasn't for the fact of him wanting wanting out and that whole scandal, I think LeBron drops out of that and I think it's a two man race between Giannis and, and Anthony Davis as the two most untradable assets in the NBA. And unfortunately for the Pelicans' sake, Davis kind of played that out with Rich Paul releasing that that statement, but yeah, I mean Giannis is. I don't. I don't think. I don't think any team could give you enough value of what Giannis could bring to that table without giving you. I mean. I mean, what, let me ask you this: Would you trade Giannis if you knew healthy Dallas would give you Doncic and Porzingis?
2: Sorry, can you repeat that one more time for me? I just gotta think about this again.
1: If if you knew that ever, there yeah. there was no health issues with anybody. Right. Are you, and are you in agreement that Giannis is the most untradeable asset in the NBA? Is that is that a truth to you too? With no, I would. Value? Are you
2: are you saying would you would you trade him for
1: Porzingis and uh,
2: and Doncic
1: if they offered you and Doncic? Okay,
2: okay, that's what it was. See, see I missed the first part. Uh, I, I think that no, I, I wouldn't do that because the reality is I don't trust Porzingis. Both. And I think that if you look at if you look at what Luke has been able to do this year, yeah, it's been great, but ultimately it's only one year how the nba is so you, you see a lot of guys are rookie season they play absolutely all the rest of their career uh kind of goes downhill i mean look at andrew wiggins for instance wouldn't you agree that andrew wiggins in his rookie season was probably one of his better seasons of his and this dude has actually regressed every single year after his rookie year <laughs> it feels like um and it's kind of the same thing I, I think obviously i'm not comparing Andrew Wiggins to to anybody to Luka Doncic I don't know I, I you cannot trade Jonas Antetokounmpo he's a generational type of you and we're gonna look back probably 20-30 years from now and say that he might be one of the top 10 greatest players to ever play
1: agreed and yeah I just wait, oh, let me ask you this real fast yes or no what if you knew there was no health concerns and everybody was going to play 82 games for the rest of their careers.
2: No, I still wouldn't do it. Yeah.
1: I Yeah. But, but and, and, and in
2: I, the re, in, yeah. And the reason why I answered it, yeah, I, I, sorry, I didn't answer it correctly probably the first time. But I don't, the thing is with Porzingis, I, I don't think that's possible, to be honest with you. The guy, the guy's what, seven feet, seven foot one. And the way he's not going to be able to stay healthy that long. It's the same thing as, There's a lot of players you look at. He kind of reminds me of the way his body's built, kind of like a Kevin Garnett type of player, you know, kind of lanky. And I just, you never see seven foot guys that are long and lanky be able to make it like health wise for that long. It's just not possible.
1: Would you do it for Gobert and Mitchell?
2: No, because I don't like, I don't like Donovan Mitchell and how he goes three for 20 some games (laughs) and the guy's an absolute head case. I mean, I mean, seriously, he, he, the, watching Donovan Mitchell, and then and you always read his quotes after the game too, how, Oh man, you know, I need to do better the next game. I, you well, know, three for 20, isn't going to get it done. One assist isn't going to get it done. And the guy turns it over a million times, but I, I mean, I like Donovan Mitchell to be honest with you. I, 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 I don't shit on him too bad because I actually think he's a good player, but um, it's just the inconsistency. And I don't, I, I don't know if I would make the only I think the only trade I'd ever make for Jonas and is if you decided to trade me like half the Warriors starting lineup. I think that's the only move that I would even consider in the NBA. If you gave
1: three me- here's the kicker oh yeah, I see where you're going. Yeah.
2: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. If you gave me half the Warriors lineup I'd do the trade, but I d I don't like anybody else to be I don't think any team could even give me a pass that I would take.
1: Here, here's one more. I'll ask you. Then this will be the last one, and then we'll move on to the our our three all NBA teams. What if Phoenix offered? Say Phoenix got the number one pick, would you do it for Ayton, Booker and Zion?
2: Ayton, Booker and Zion. Um, well, your
1: just n- your pick of whatever you'd want, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Zion.
2: The problem I have with that is, I, I, I think we we're. Zion was amazing at Duke this year, but again, I don't know how. I mean, we don't know how he's good. He, there's so much pressure on the kid to come into the NBA, yeah. but more so than any other draft pick probably in the history of the NBA. And then on the other side, I like Devin Booker, but obviously, look, the guy. You know, I mean, look, he he's not on the same level as Giannis. That that that's that's not even a debate. But then, uh, but then the last guy, DeAndre Ayton. I think this dude is in some serious uh, I, I have serious questions about him. And now on top of it, you look at his college coach, Sean Miller at Arizona being investigated for, you know, making under the counter payments to him.
1: Yeah. I, think,
2: I mean, I mean, I mean, yeah, you got, you, yeah, you got sleaze bag, Sean Miller, you know, you know, paying this guy. <laughs> and I don't, I don't know if that's, that's a huge distraction. I, I don't care what anybody says when, when you're, under investigation like that and I I can't recall how much money he got paid but um you gotta you gotta imagine that's gotta mentally affect you as a player when you're you know when basically you're gonna be under the NCAA investigation probably for probably the large majority of next year and (laughs) a lot of the end of this year also I, I don't know that's an interesting conversation though but
1: yeah, I just, it's, I always, I always like going over that kind of stuff, especially with people like Giannis who are, you know, literally untouchable. I didn't, like I said, it, I thought there's two guys and one of them basically made himself available with Anthony Davis. But I, I mean, Giannis is just, and, and now Giannis is calling up Kobe Bryant. Kobe said Giannis called him for, to, to train with him one weekend. He said the first hour they were there, Giannis sat down with a notebook and just asked them questions. And, you know, he would say, well, you know, what should I do with this? And Kobe's like, well, that's usually where the pick and roll would go in or go into play. And then you could cut to the basket. And he'd go, well, what if they put a defender on the basket? What would you do? He's like, well, then I'd try to hit a post fade. He's like, what if they double up so you can't? I mean, and he's literally picking his brain and asking him and walking him through all these things. And you could argue that Kobe Bryant has one of the most assassin mentalities and one of the smartest IQs for basketball ever. And that's not even me just staring at this beautiful painting of Kobe Bryant on my wall. Uh, I'm literally gazing into his eyes as he's biting his jersey. Um, But it's, it's the fact of this guy's taking his days off and... And going with, you know, the second greatest point or shooting guard to ever play basketball. One of the greatest scorers ever and one of the best players ever. And he's picking his brain. And then he goes, what, what, what do you think I could do to become the best in the league? If And he goes, well, I think you already are the best. He goes, well, I want to be the best best. And he goes, develop a three-point shot. Supposedly Giannis went back and was shooting 200 three-pointers a day. Can you imagine if Giannis Antetokounmpo could develop a 3 Good Lord, man.
2: Oh oh he would be on oh he'd be unstoppable. And,
0: he, I, mean, <laughs> the
2: guy, I mean that's and another thing too with free throw I think free throws are another issue with him. I think I looked the other day, I think he's shooting like could be wrong about this. I know he's shooting under seventy percent from for free throws. I think he's, I think it's seven, around like what, uh,
1: Seventy three percent. Seventy two. Seventy
2: three. Oh, okay, it is around seventy. I knew it was around like I knew it was low seventies, high sixties. That's another thing too, with, with a guy like him, the, to be you could get to the line seemingly at will, just I, I don't I mean I don't think there's any guy that can stop him. I think he, he, he may be more athletic than LeBron, as crazy as that may sound. But it's not he's, I not, he's
1: mean, 24, man.
2: I mean imagine what this dude is gonna be in like in when he hits his prime in three to four years. I I don't know. I, I hope he stays <laughs> It'll be interesting though if, if he stays in a whole career. I think that Milwaukee Milwaukee's kind of a obviously somewhat of an unattractive destination if you're a big marketable player like him. So I think it'll be interesting, you know, five, ten years from now to see where he where where he ends his career at. That'll be something
1: to look yeah, I'll out say for. Yes. Giannis seems like the guy who's just down to earth, doesn't really go out, doesn't do a lot, and Milwaukee almost seems like the perfect place for him because he just goes out and he'll go have dinner at little random mom-and-pop shops and not care. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah. That dude doesn't have interest in New York, Big City, and things like that. Yeah, but he didn't we think the same
2: a, thing... Oh, sorry. With no, so I, I was going to say, didn't we think the same thing about Kawhi Leonard, though? I mean, he was kind of that dude in Antonio, He kind of fit into the San Antonio Spurs system kind of kind of you know well spoken didn't really cause many people much issues kind of flew under the radar and I mean look what happened last year much different yeah. type of person than we probably thought be. so I mean you never know about players' personalities
1: true true but I think the Kawhi thing too I think I think the, the bigger problem was the brain trust that were surrounding him I think we we're, we're putting a lot of that stuff in his head and. You know, I mean, even right now, he still doesn't really say much in Toronto. He just kind of hangs out. He just kind of, you know, the, only, the 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 biggest thing that came out of Kawhi Leonard aside from his basketball play was him laughing at that introductory press conference when he did the ha, 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 thing. Yeah, awkward, was, yeah,
2: the, <laughs> yeah, it,
0: it, it, yeah. See, it,
2: it, yeah, dudes like him shouldn't laugh. It's painful to everybody <laughs> to watch. But
1: I don't even know where you're at right now. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah, it's just yeah, it's just yeah. I don't know. Yeah, and, kind of a
1: weird so thing. Giannis could do it, and you, you know, you mentioned you know what's going to happen four years from now when he when he kind of hits what should be his prime. I mean, the dude's 6'11", six eleven two forty two, so he's already building his body up. You know, oh. twenty seven and thirteen. Think of it this way: if he develops a three pointer. You have arguably one of the top three defensive players in the NBA with an offensive skill set of James Harden, but bigger and stronger and more athletic.
2: Oh, yeah, and, and that's and that's the thing about him. I, I don't think
0: –
2: and the thing is, too, and you saw the league do it with Michael Jordan and LeBron. I wonder if the – with how athletic he is, if, you know, assuming he keeps getting better like he change i mean obviously with michael the 90s how you know literally it I, or, or like even lebron for instance when lebron goes in the, into the lane he could draw a foul on every single play i think even mm-hmm. nba referees have admitted over time that we're not going to give lebron every single call because guess foul every single time lebron drives <laughs> in
0: on somebody so
2: i don't know it'll, it'll be interesting because i think he's one of those type of guys that you only see coming once every twenty years, the way how athletic he is and the things he can do on a basketball court and um yeah, it just makes me sick to my stomach that our Minnesota Timberwolves did not take a chance on him. And, oh and I think you've said that you've said that so many times too. They go with Shabazz Muhammad, who you know, was <laughs> they, were,
1: they were in line to take a forward. He's sitting on the board. And we take I'm I'm, him. And I'm we with take Josh Scott. And uh, and, um, I'm with Josh Scott and and uh B Dubs, and I'm like, dude, we should take that Greek kid. If that kid can develop, these Euros are becoming the best players. Well, first we took the the tra- uh, what's the that point guard that everyone thought was going to be the greatest thing ever from Michigan.
2: Well, um, Trey Burke, but we traded him. We traded him yeah, all we, for traded. Th-
1: yeah, we traded him for Shabazz.
2: Well and, did- and they were both trash. they were both oh my terrible. God.
1: And we could have
2: taken And I think that's and I'm, that's shocking too. Flip Saunders was running the Wolves front office at that point. I mean, that's something I would expect Dion De- to do. You know what I mean? Like,
0: <laughs> just
2: it's like take a chance when you we, when you got. the problem here is the problem I had with Shabaz Muhammad. You know, not to get off track, but this guy was the number one high school recruit, so he was projected to be the number one pick. You know, looking at future mock drafts. I mean this guy slid from number 1 to 16. Don't you think that there's a reason why he slid that far? And and on top of it too, the guy lied about him in college. He he was always consistent at UCLA. He wasn't honestly, he he was probably one of the biggest underachievers I've ever seen. And on top of it you, you got a dude like Jonas Atena sitting when you're a miserable franchise that could have changed your team. And you didn't do it. Shame on them. They deserve. And, ball. And, I, and,
1: and people say, "Well, look, Lucas Nogueira went went that draft, and he didn't do good. And Sergey Karasev went, and he didn't do good. You know, things like that." But I mean, <laughs> I I mean, you look at this. Shabaz Muhammad is the fourteenth pick in the draft. Immediately, the next pick is Milwaukee, and they take Giannis. The pick after Shabaz was Giannis. You want a damn small forward. And you, t- you take. The- <laughs> oh God, I mean it's yep, story yep. of the story. It's the story of our lives, you know.
2: Yep, yep. John, <laughs> what, 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 oh, yeah, yeah. Johnny Flynn, West Johnson. I, I, I could probably go down the entire oh,
0: draft from
2: the, the the entire draft from two thousand until we drafted Carl Anthony Towns. I mean, it's it's a, an absolute shit show. They don't. I don't understand how how you can you <laughs> can i mean you honestly you could probably like draw names out of a hat and you'd have more luck than they've had it's, it's absolutely crazy
1: let's just forget what i told you that michael thompson said hey you guys have the number two pick in the draft you know he's talking to david Kahn. this is straight out of my And <laughs> as you hear so on our so intro michael thompson talking to you my son clay would love to play for the timberwolves he would love to play for the Lakers, but he won't be available by then. We all know that he, he, uh, you know, he knows I played for the Gophers. Um, I've said great things about the Gophers and the state of Minnesota. You know, David, my, my kid would love to come play for you. He's going to be an amazing shooter. I promise you, and you guys can't have enough shooting.
0: Hey, Michael, thanks
1: for telling me that we were a little scared off when the last shooter we wanted said he wouldn't play for us and Steph Curry. So, you know, we didn't know how that was going to react, but I'm glad you told us that. That's going to make it easier in our war room. With the number two pick, they take Derek Williams.
2: Yeah, well, and I will say this though, and I've always loved that story. By the way, um, I've always thought that was one of the more interesting stories that you know mm-hmm. that that you've had to share about you know talking to Michael Thompson and everything. Yeah, I well, the thing was with Derek Williams, he arguably. With- he was the second best player on the board behind Kyrie Irving. I disagreed with that, but um, again, it's it, it was a situation where they couldn't wasn't really the position at the time. Um, and, that, and, that's, and that's kind of the thing about a lot of the NBA draft that I kind of find confusing a lot because teams often, you know, they'll draft what they see as the best player available but but really, I mean you got to draft the right pieces to fit with your team. And I think I, I, the Utah Jazz, the Utah Jazz, they win because not because they got the best players; but they have the best pieces that fit with their system. And I think that so much of the thing in the minds of NBA executives, I think that um, I think they're so focused on you know the big board and the mock drafts. That a lot of it, a lot of the what goes into a good draft gets kind of lost in the process. In that case with the Timberwolves, they definitely missed the ball on that, I think.
1: Well, that was, I think that was about the, the end of the con too, because that was the the, the draft where he made a hundred moves to try to get enough money to <laughs> buy out Kurt Rambis. I mean, you look oh, yeah, at this. And, and, yeah.
2: And I, re- yeah, and I remember watching Mata-Huna. that draft on TV.
1: Yeah. yeah. I was
2: watching that draft get on TV. Just sitting there, like, oh yeah, here we go. Wolves are up with the with the uh, with the thirty fifth pick. Oh, we traded it for cash. Okay, we got now we got the forty fifth pick. Oh, we traded it for cash. Oh, now we got. The 45th pick. Oh, guess what? We traded it for more cash, more cash. And you know what? The, and and the greatest thing is, or the most sad thing is, cash cannot suit up and win games for you. No, no,
1: not at all. But you know, <laughs> excuse me. You know, it would have been nice. Uh, we could have had Nikola Miritich. We sold him off. Norris Cole could have been a serviceable point guard off the bench. We sold him off. Bojang Bogdanovich, who's, who's a great, great shooter. And we got rid of him. Hmm. Who else did we, did we have a chance where we got rid of? Um, oh, we decided to keep Malcolm Lee. That didn't work. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you know, I mean, you keep going through this list here. Um, oh, and then we sold other picks that ended up turning into, like, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, Harris on the Gary Harris. We would have had him because of these deals. Oh, we didn't do that. But then, you know, then it, then ah, uh, just, just some of these. Did didn't we draft like Tonga and Gumbo or something? And he was like ended up being like forty years old or one of those guys that we kept. That dude where like his <laughs> his draft tape was like it looked like a VHS. You remember that? And and like they couldn't even like really, I can't who remember this who guy it again? was. It, it, they drafted him like late in one of these drafts, but he he ended up like he ended up being like forty years old or something, and his draft tape was like a VHS hand cam. Like they didn't even have highlights <laughs> of this guy. Like what are, you, what are you guys doing? Oh yeah, this, I don't know, yeah, I don't know, I'd, have to, I'd have to
2: yeah, I'd have to go back on that one. But yeah, that's you know that's that's been the story though. I mean, I don't think. Like any person can disagree with that,
1: you know, and and I know, I know it's always the what if game, and they're always fun to play. But it's like if you guys wanted a, a small forward that that could play the the four, if you need them to, too, Kawhi Leonard was in that draft. <laughs> you know, he yeah. was the next small forward taken after after Derek Williams. But <laughs>
2: yeah, but but oh, here's man. the thing about Kawhi Leonard, though he at Coming into the draft, the San Antonio Spurs developed him into the player he is now. You know, when he played at that's true.
0: San that's Diego clear. State,
2: when yeah, when he played at San Diego State, he was not the same player and um and and that's just a that's just a testament to how good the Spurs coaching staff is to be able to turn this guy who a lot of people kind of thought would be an average role player in the league to a perennial all-star. I think that um a lot of that has to co- I think a lot of that credit should be given to the Spurs, but um and I, and to be honest with you, I don't think the Wolves coaching staff could have done the same. If I'm being honest, that's,
1: that's a really good point. And I mean, to be fair too, to not dog him completely. I mean, Eddis Cantor was third. Tristan Thompson went fourth. Jonas Valanciunas was fifth. Jan Vesely was sixth. Bismack Biyombo was seventh. So I mean, it's not like I mean, there's serviceable serviceable guys on there, but it wasn't like world beaters. But right, I mean, yeah. I I mean Kemba was there. We could have took Kemba. Oh, the what if Tobias Harris is in that draft Ugh. all right I'm, yeah I'm we, yeah we, yeah, 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 we could do
2: it for every single
1: year every <laughs> single year you can do it for it to be honest but we're one of those teams yeah, too, to that you can always find a trail of bad, like you can, everybody could say, well, my team didn't take this, yeah, but your team did get this, like for everybody that goes. You know, for all the Wizards fans, like, man, we'd say Jan Vesely instead of Clay Thompson. Yeah, but you guys also drafted Brad Beal and John Wall. So you didn't do everything wrong. You know, like, yeah, Tim stretch made, was ridiculous.
2: Yeah, fans just like to complain about everything. I mean, honestly, I would like... I mean, even though we're sitting here talking like we're experts, I mean, I, I would like the average to conduct a draft and see how hard it is. And, and that's yeah. the thing that I've always laughed about. Like, I, I mean, you got all these You know, you got all these keyboard warriors on Twitter, just you know, just talking shit in their front offices and what they did. It's like, it's like, okay, well, you, okay, okay, hey, we get it. You know, you've won five championships a row on NBA 2K. You know, but (laughs) you know, it's but but that's not going to translate into into real life. and, And look, I obviously, I think we can all agree, certain front offices like the Timberwolves and the. Deserve to be shit on, deserve to be criticized, but I, I, I think a lot of teams, a lot of it is just, it's it's a crapshoot with the best end, and I think it's going to be much of the same this year, it's a really talented group of guys, uh, I mean, I'm just looking at the mock draft right now, uh, you got, you know, Zion Williamson, Ja Morant, RJ Barrett, it, it, so many good players that we saw throughout the tournament and in the entire uh college season I, I just think all these names are so appealing but i mean five you know a lot of them will probably be bust
1: yeah and i mean it's a good point i mean you you know i i, I pulled up uh com, uh cory hansford from laker nation is a contributor on there and this is a hell of a deep draft when you when you look at you know Nazir Little at fourteen, Bow Bull at thirteen, Sekou Domboya at at twelve, who could be a good international. The Lakers, if they, you know, if it stays where it is at eleven, getting Romeo Langford from Indiana. There's a lot of talent in here. Kevin Porter, oh, yeah. I would love well, Kevin Porter to come to the Timberwolves. You know, there's so much good talent uh, in this draft, but it's going to be the the normal question where as great as this draft is, how many actually develop into something, you know, is Darius Garland going to be as good as the bulls might think if they take him with the other fourth pick, you know, things like that.
2: Right. And, and, and I'm, I'm even looking at this mock draft right now. You got Ty Jerome who played absolutely outstanding in the final four. He's all the way down at 30. So, I mean, there's going to be, there's going to be so much
1: talent
0: this year in the NBA draft.
1: I, I, uh, the mock I'm looking at has him going 28 to Golden State. Another talent for Golden State. Bob, the builder man, Bob Myers. Can we fix it? Yes, we can. Yeah. Man. No, that's probably
2: a. Uh, yeah, that's probably Draft Utopia's inside joke.
1: <laughs> Dang, that means I can't say it. <laughs> <laughs> you might be listening to this. Hey! Shout out to Chris, uh, Chris Ransom, man. We'll, we'll be talking to him soon. It's almost done. The NHL draft season. Oh, absolutely. Boy, yeah. Well, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah. He always. You know, I just
1: think
2: he's you know,
1: the worst. <laughs> so let's let's go into the three All NBA teams. This was one of the hardest things I've done. I mean, I think the first the first team for me was pretty easy. The second team was pretty easy for me. But the third team, holy crap, was that a, was that tough to put together. Um, I'll give you my all-NBA first team, and we'll see how close we are together. My guards were Harden, James Harden. I went Dave Lillard over Steph. I went Giannis, Paul George, and then I took Nikola Jokic. What was your first team?
2: My first team.
1: So, yeah, this was
2: so Harden, Paul George, and Giannis. Obviously, those three were – Stone Cold locks. I don't. I don't see how you could go any other direction other than that. Um, the one, the two that I, I also had Embiid in there.
1: Yep, I think that was my flip. I, I didn't know where I wanted to go with that one.
2: Yeah, and, and the really tough one that I, uh, I had to debate here. Um, I, I Curry in as the first team. Yeah. Um, as 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 you know, in there. Um, really and we'll get into it more talking about the second, third teams. I think the guards are really tough to break down this year. And I think that when the, when the first, second and third team results come out, I'm going to be curious to look at where the guards land. I think the, I think the forwards are pretty, I think it's clear cut, but I don't know. You got, you got a lot of names that are worthy of consideration. And I think there's going to be a lot of unhappy people when, when, when those
1: yeah, I, I think I think your three centers are pretty easy. I think your fours are pretty easy like you said, but I mean I I could see, you know, i brought him up earlier, but I wouldn't be shocked if a guy like Mike Conley even got a third team vote. I mean, there's so many strong guards. And I there's some guy look, there's a guy that that's that's a, that's going to be a glaring wow, I think that I might not have that you might have. And, and it's interesting. Um Obviously going second team, Steph Curry, because it was between him and Lillard. I put Curry with Russ. I put Westbrook on the second team. My forwards were Kevin Durant and Kawhi Leonard. And then, obviously, if I went Jokic, I went uh, Joel Embiid as my second center. What did you have on the second team?
0: Yeah, I went
2: uh, went Kawhi and Durant, the two forwards. Yep. I went Nikola Jokic as my center. And then... This was this was another tough one. Like I said with the guards, I went uh, Damian Lillard and Russell, Brook. Um, yeah. Again, I I I think there's so there's so many ar- I mean you could I mean we could sit here all night and argue what guards belong. Um, but I just think that uh, I think Westbrook is I think he did enough to get on the team. I, th- I think the guy that I struggled the most with was Damian Lillard, but you just look at Portland and their team this year, how really their offense revolved around CJ McCollum and Damian and and him, Damian Lillard. It is, it's, it's just hard to, considering now they might even get to the Western conference finals in their series with Denver. I, 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 even though that I don't think the playoffs comes into play with the, the all NBA teams, but, but I, but I do think that there's always the playoffs definitely influences the voters. I mean, if, if it influences us sitting here right now, it's going to influence the guy voting.
0: Mm-hmm. That's um, fair.
2: It, yeah, and, and just looking at what Damian Lillard has been able to do, um, just carrying Portland down the stretch of the year, even though he did, I think he had that injury, kept him out of probably a week or two. But um, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm a big fan of Lillard. I think he, uh, I think he'll get the second team this year.
1: Yeah, I, I think – and that was kind of what I expected. My my two thoughts were the exact same way I thought. Lillard and Curry could be either way, and Jokic and MB could be either way. I don't think there's any wrong answer. And I think the other six guys we named are for sure locks as well. So, I mean, I think we hit the exact 10 correctly. I just think uh, the two guards and the two centers could be flipped or, you know, it could be Curry Jokic. It could be Lillard MB, You know, I, I think any combination of those is probably going to happen. Um, going the third team route here. And I'll say this too, real quick. Dave Lillard was a guy I wrote off and said, I don't think he can ever be a number one on a team. He's proven me wrong this last year, two years. I mean, last year was all NBA first team as well. So um, kudos to Dame. I'm glad he's winning my third team. Um, I w- I'm going to ask you these first before we go to the guards, because I think that's where the controversy comes in. Was Rudy Gobert your center, or did you go Towns?
2: I went um, – I did go I, – I went Gobert. Uh, okay, I, that's, I think that's if what a, I thought. I, yeah, yeah, if a guy wins defensive player, they, I, I see how you can keep him off of a first, second, or third team, uh, just considering – and I think another thing too. I think making the playoffs is an important thing. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, and I think you look at like Carl Anthony Towns and Anthony Davis. Davis was hurt most of the year, but the 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 thing with Carl Anthony Towns to me, him off. I just I can't get around the um. He I I I love Carl Anthony Towns. I think he's a big player, but I think there's that there's a lot of issues in his game that defense I don't I think if if I mean I mean you've probably seen him like if you ever go to a Wolves game live I I don't know I, I always pay attention to him on defense and I think that there's a lot of room for him and I think he's probably a year or two away from getting on for a second or third team here but um and then so I, I went Gobert by two forwards I went
1: it, that's, that was went, the next thing what did yeah where did you go on, i went lebron and blake griffin what did you do on forward
2: that's what i did too um boom.
1: okay boom so we're we're exactly on the same page 13 for 13 essentially um go ahead as to why yeah too, i didn't mean to cut you off on that one.
2: Oh no you're good uh i i think obviously lebron lebron isn't going to be on first or second team just because he was out for so much of the year but if you look at Numbers in like a per game basis type of thing. He still had a really good year, even though it wasn't yeah. as wasn't as good as he was with Cleveland. But I, I think you can't leave LeBron off of a All NBA team this year. And then and then Griffin, this was a really tough one for me. But and and just to be clear, I, I'm not a fan of Detroit at all. I think they got a absolute. I, I think that they're in a world of hurt if. Griffin or if if Griffin or Drummond ever leave, their their SOL. Out of luck because <laughs> I, I don't I because I because I don't think um I don't know. But the thing with Blake Griffin, I I thought it was kind of a bad trade when they did it at first, but he's really he's definitely the he's their first option now. I think Drummond's really inconsistent, and the way is kind of scoring role for them is definitely worthy of an all nba team
1: in my opinion yeah and griffin griffin started developing a good outside shot like he's a legit three-point shooter now and i think i think he had a hell of a year one of his best years the guards now this is where i think we might actually differentiate once again you know we hit the first 13 we're all in the same boat and i count being identical because once again curry lillard Jokic, and i think it's it's pop and play to your preference but we were we were in the same page with everything my two Great. guards uh, i would brad beal and kemba walker you definitely i can definitely
2: see that um i actually have two different guards I have Kyrie irving
1: that was what i struggled for, with
2: yeah, I, I struggled between Kyrie. I, I struggled between Kyrie and uh kemba and this guy uh I had this. This was really tough, by the way. I, I had to put Ben Simmons on there. Only okay, that's fair. Only because, uh, just I think with you know obviously with Joel Embiid this year, he. I want th- how many games did Embiid miss? He only missed. Oh, t- I mean, f- far less than years past, but. I think he only. Not, I,
1: think, I still think he only played around like fifty some games.
2: Yeah, and and the, and the yeah I can actually look it up right now while I'm while I'm talking, but I I just think that the guy like Ben's sixty four games for Joel Embiid 64, that's what I'm seeing here too. You, I mean, there's a lot of responsibility on him considering that just kind of looking at the that team and how you know they bring in Jimmy Butler and Tobias Harris, obviously, but I just think that the things Ben Simmons uh, has been able to do this year, uh, really, I, I don't. Know, I I I would like to see the somehow get to the finals in the next year or two. I think that it's. I think it'd be always. I think it'd be an interesting matchup because they they play a lot differently than a lot of modern day NBA. Teams. Kind of a you know they're kind of a slower paced team with Embiid on the floor and you know when he's Blur, they're kind of more up tempo like a lot of other NBA teams are. But I don't know. Yeah, you know, he's, he's impressed me this year, as you said. It's a tough, tough, tough debate between the guards and I don't know. I, I struggled with this one and if you ask me tomorrow, my answer is a lot different than it is right now.
1: <laughs> the other one too that I was struggled with and this this would have been my fourth team would have been Kyrie, but Klay Thompson, because you know he gets lost in that in in the Steph and Durant land and nobody gives him enough credit I think for how good his defense really is so I I really really struggled not putting clay on there but it is what it is you know that's that was the one where as I look through this I'm, I'm thinking we're going to nail most of these on the same same page, especially the forwards were easy, the centers were easy and the first two team guards were easy. Once again, you know, Curry, Curry, Lillard, Jokic, Embiid, take your pick, it doesn't matter. I don't feel there's a wrong answer. We knew we I knew we were taking Gobert. I knew it would be LeBron and Blake, but I knew those guards were going to be an interesting talker and that was that was what excited me. That was what excited me about doing the all NBA teams the most was just third team guards <laughs> to see what would happen. But yeah, no, you know, I and it, yeah. When I, I mean, it, it,
2: before we did this, when I was uh, sitting here trying to fill out what I was gonna, what I was gonna put on there, I, I probably went back and forth a couple times. I still, it, there's so many arguments, and I think that when the re, when the results come out, I think that'll probably be the first thing I look at is
1: the mm-hmm. guards
2: on the first and second
1: teams here. You know, D- D- D'Angelo Russell may get votes. You know, this might be a reach, but like I said, with a guy like Mike Conley, who's to say a guy who resurrected his career and, and really got out, outshined because of Chris Middleton and well, Chris Middleton. Shit. That's another guy. He was an all-star, but Eric Bledsoe might get a vote there. I mean, there's so many names you could throw in there. Chris Middleton's another one that I totally forgot about that. I think had a underrated year. That's, you know that's a guy in in that uh, Pascal Siakam that he could receive some votes too for a most improved but you know he, he kid makes an all-star team you know he he probably ends up going back to Milwaukee now i mean he probably player ops and then goes back i mean who you know you you don't think that and once again this is Milwaukee arguably retaining a top 10 free agent by keeping Chris Middleton who's only 27 so he's going into his prime. I mean, it, once again, it, it turns Milwaukee into a whole different outlook.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah. And who would have thought that we'd be sitting here? I mean, if, if we would have looked back, you know, three, four, five years ago, we'd be saying, "Man, Milwaukee! Man, they could they, they could have. I mean, they could easily get the championship two years, probably two, three years in a row if they if they keep on." All-
1: well, if, if you remember, too, a couple of years ago, we did our NBA preview show. We both were hot on Milwaukee. And then they, they didn't perform like we all thought they were going to. We're like, man, if you look on this Brandon Knight, you know, Giannis, Middleton, um, Greg Monroe. Like, they they looked like the most perfectly put together NBA 2K team. And then they didn't perform. And we're like, damn. We thought they were going to be better. You know, and then they get Brogdon in there. And. You know, it was what it was, but now they're doing what we saw two years ago. We just, we were, we were early on it. You know what I mean? We were too, it's, it's like when we did, um, like like I said, in the NBA pre or that MLB preview, um, where, when I made, when I made some of my off season picks last year, I was a year too early on Cody Bellinger. I thought his second year was going to be everything it was. And it wasn't, I was a year off because Cody Bellinger, I mean, 14 homers in the month of April, he's batting four thirty four. had 30 RBIs or some, you know, scored 30 runs or some crazy. I mean, this dude had record-breaking April. I was just a year off. We were just a couple years off on Milwaukee, I think.
2: Oh, yeah, and and I think a lot of that, too. I don't think Jason Kidd was – when 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 Jason Kidd coached the Bucs – Good Bucks, call. Yeah, I, I don't think – I, I mean, Jason Kidd, in my opinion, he's a really good basketball mind. Obviously, we saw what he did with the New Jersey Nets, now broke the Nets' career, but – Jason Kidd to me was just always a confusing head coach. Like the way he managed his players minutes was just, it was just dumbfounded to me. Like a guy would, you know, have a five for five shooting, you know, he, a guy would hit, you know, go three for three in the first quarter shooting three pointers. And then Kidd would bench him the whole second quarter. Like I, I just, I don't, I, I was just always dumbfounded by the way Jason Kidd coached. And, and I think, you know, and I think, I think coaching in general is a really underrated thing. I think people focus on the rosters and the makeup, but I don't know. J- Jason kid, he'll, he'll get another job in the league, but mark my words, Jason Kidd will fail at his next job. I I'm not a fan of his coaching style.
1: Yeah. I, I, I know he's like a distant fourth for the Lakers, but if they don't get, they don't get Monty Williams, they miss on Tyloo or they don't, I, I think they got to take a chance on a guy like Jawan Howard because he's got the, the Miami ties and he had the Michigan ties for Palenka. Um, but that fourth option could be Jason Kidd. That, that scares me. <laughs> that really scares me. But, you know, and, and you look at Milwaukee with the great, you know, Budenholzer, who who we said, you know, won Coach of the Year. People forget that, you know, he got to the conference finals in 2015 with the Hawks and won 60 games with that Hawks team and got Coach of the Year. You know, so he's, it's not like this is something new before.
2: No, no, not at all. And I, and, and that's, that's why I was a really underrated coaching hire because he was one of those guys to me that not a lot of people really know about. I think that, I think that a lot of people are just under the assumption that, oh yeah, you know, Atlanta. Um, I, I, he coached there when, when Horford and Millsap were there, I believe.
1: Yeah, it was, Um, I think their starting five was like Horford, Millsap, Bazemore, Jeff Teague, and. You know yeah. Kyle Corver or something like that, or Thabo Sefolosha yeah. or something. Right,
2: and I think that a lot of people are probably just under the assumption that they got to the playoffs because of Horford and Millsap, but obviously, uh, obviously his success is translated into other into more success in Milwaukee, and I think that, and kind of going back to the conversation about the Lakers, I, I think that the next. I don't know. The Lakers coaching discussion is really interesting, but I mean, got to pick the right guy. I think that they've they they picked the wrong guy so many times this last you know last few years, and uh, you know, I I mean, I mean Byron Scott was you know pretty much uh, pretty much Kobe's puppet for you know most of (laughs) most of the year. So, (laughs) but uh, and then Luke Walton obviously had potential, but. Uh, but LeBron or, uh, general manager, LeBron James did not like him. So,
1: and you know, that's what they do if, if they wouldn't have constructed the team to change the team up for, you know, the LeBron factor, and they would have brought in some, some nice, you know, they would have kept Julius Randall. They probably would have kept Brooke Lopez. I don't hate that team with how they were doing i'll stand by this till the day i die everybody dogs me for lonzo ball that team when lebron was hurt was still winning and dominating because lonzo ball had that team fifth in defense fifth in defensive efficiency there were two games out of the number one seed. lonzo went down and they dropped twenty 29th defensively and and the season ended i don't even i don't consider lebron going out the problem like yes it was a problem i shouldn't say that but People don't seem to realize how good Lonzo Ball was playing. It's just everyone was too focused. All he doesn't score, his shot sucks, okay? Well, what about if there was a hockey assist in the NBA, he'd lead the league? He's he's the number one uh, pace uh, uh, time of pace or whatever the hell the stat is. I can't think of the wording for it. Uh, pace of play or whatever. He's like the top guy in the league at pushing the pace. He gets the hockey assist every time. He's got that ball down court immediately because he goes into, like, Jason Kidd, who as a player was great, is getting those rebounds and hustling and playing defense. He doesn't need to score, but everyone nowadays is so, "Ah, if you don't score, you suck. James Harden, yay. Fine, James Harden's great, but people discredit Lonzo for that stuff. And that's because Luke Walton was good with those kids. Look at how Brandon Ingram started to play before he had that blood issue. That dude was finally looking like the the guy he should be when they took him number two. Kyle Kuzma was a machine, and then they trade Aviiza Zubak for Mike Muscala. That's the stupidest shit I've ever seen. Aviiza Zubak was turning into a yeah. great player. Yeah, no, yeah, they, yeah, they made some questionable moves. It wasn't just LeBron. This team was. Josh Hart was playing great. I mean, yeah. they got Reggie Bullock, who was, who was doing pretty well. And I don't know. Ah, oh, it was just irritating. Like things were going the right way, but you know, God forbid, it's not Tyron Lue.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't, yeah, it'll be interesting who they hire. I don't, I want to, I, I would say Tyron Lue. Mm, I'm not, I'm not a, really a fan of his coaching either. I think that, Uh, I, I think that, I think he kind of rode Lebron's or LeBron's, success. And um, I don't know. I, I'm not, I, I, I hope, I actually kind of hope Tyrone Lou gets the job. Cause I actually want to see how good of a coach he actually is. Um, Cause I think, I think he'll be exposed pretty quickly uh, with this roster. Um, Cause I don't think, Le- I think LeBron, obviously, obviously still a top 10 player in the league, but I think that LeBron as we kind of go on, I think injuries are going to be an issue for him the next couple of years. That's kind of my prediction. Um, kind of the way things are heading, I don't think you're going to see LeBron playing 40 plus minutes like he was in Cleveland. And I don't know, it, the young guys are going to have to step up for that team. And uh, it's, it's it's going to be it's going to be another interesting year next year. We'll see if
1: they can potentially
2: get into the playoffs.
1: Because I don't know, did not it's kind of, kind of, they were there? They were there until injuries stopped them. And you know, okay, you're, you had all these guys get injured. You can't control that. You don't need to blow the damn thing up when you were close. They were close, dude. They were down by 10 and ended up beating the Warriors by 30 on Christmas in in Oakland. Without LeBron James, without LeBron. Like, why are you blowing this up? Why are you getting rid of all these pieces? Things are coming together. God forbid it's not LeBron's coach. Big deal. The, the, my guess, and this doesn't come out or anything, but, you know, my guess is is Luke challenged LeBron and you know or maybe you know and maybe magic didn't like it but you know and then Jeannie Buss who gives magic the team and then suddenly doesn't you know fine you can fire Luke Walton if you want to well every, everything came out that he wanted to get rid of Rob Polinka too because he didn't like Polinka signing you know Rondo for one year deal Lance Stevenson Michael Beasley was just some ass signings. You know, right. then, no, we can't get rid of Rob. Rob is Kobe's agent, you know, or was Kobe's agent. You know, stop playing that. Well, then, you know, and, and then Magic leaves. And why did LeBron come there? Because of Magic Johnson. So now you're pissing LeBron off. Like what? I just, this is why, you know, I'm glad. I guess this is where we're transitioning to. This is why I'm struggling to not like freak out on the edge of the ledge here. Because, you know, everyone goes, well, Magic didn't do a good job. Bullshit. He signed LeBron James. What else would you wanted to do? Can you tell me any way that could have went better than you getting LeBron James? Because I can't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but here's
2: the thing that you got. Here's the thing you got to understand, though. Okay, he. he I don't think he. I don't think Magic Johnson was a good executive because he was. He, I, I mean, think about. So so let's compare. Let's compare Sam Presti to Magic Johnson. Okay, wouldn't you agree okay. that Sam Presti is probably. Um, probably the one of the best NBA executives, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he, it, he it, was it, my runner up to you Right.
2: Exactly. So, I mean, you look at him, okay. If you compare him to magic Johnson, magic Johnson has a bigger name. Okay. He's, I mean, he's probably, he's probably a more, you know, I don't know. He's, he's probably a more likable guy. I mean, he seems like a likable guy and interviews magic Johnson. Like, I, I don't know. I like him. I don't have nothing problem. I don't have a problem with magic Johnson, but the thing is I think LeBron signed with the Lakers because he liked magic Johnson, like on a personal level type of thing. I I don't think, I don't think, I don't think magic Johnson had to sit here and say, okay, LeBron, here we go. We're going to, we're going to, you know, we're going to break down, you know, your, I don't think, I don't think the negotiation went, I don't think it was like a, I don't think it was the same type of negotiation that you would see Sam Presti present to LeBron, I guess is I what agree. I'm trying to say. And I, and I think that what you would have saw over time is I think magic Johnson would, he wouldn't have been a terrible executive, but I don't think he was he's kind of like Michael Jordan. I think Michael Jordan, you know, obviously very intelligent basketball mind, but running a front office is a completely different animal and I I think deep down Magic Johnson probably, I don't know, part of me makes me think that he believed that it wasn't going to work long-term for him there, and he just resigned and saved face, whereas, you know, you saw guys like Larry Bird stick around for a little bit too long, and, uh, you know, and kind of, and I think a lot of people remember Larry, I think people remember Larry Bird for being a pretty bad NBA executive, uh, you know, in the, you know, obviously in the early 2000s, so I don't know.
1: But let's so let's let's but let's let's look at this then. Let's 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 stop here and and let me challenge you with this because this this is, a, this is a good talk. The difference between Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, and Michael Jordan is Bird and Ma- Michael never got anyone. They never made good moves. Magic Johnson, once again, as I just said, he got LeBron James. He got the the number one thing that thirty. If you asked thirty teams what they wanted to do, they would have all said, "I want him." Well, Magic got him. Look what happened when Magic bought the or, or bought into the L. A. Dodgers, and they brought in Andrew Friedman from from the from the from the Rays, and they they brought in Dave Roberts to be the coach, and they stopped spending money and started getting players. You know they had one of the highest salaries. Now they're like middle of the road salary. The only reason they're higher is because they still owe guys like Scott Kazmir money and you know crap like that from those stupid moves. You know, he puts in an analytics team with, with Friedman and company where he gets Bellinger, Seager, Max Muncie, Walker Bueller, Alex Verdugo, who's, gonna, who's looking like he could be the rookie of the year. And then, and then you look at his Magic Johnson Enterprises. This guy just, I mean, he's got movie plexes. He's got Starbucks. He's got all these businesses that are succeeding. He just signed, signed on two companies that are worth over a billion dollars. This guy does nothing but touch things and it turns to gold. And the thing I'll say this too with the Sam Presti point is Sam Presti's a hell of a good one, a good good president. He just does it a different way than Magic Johnson does it. The difference here is Clay Bennett isn't going to put a leash on on Sam Presti if he wants to get rid of his GM. Jeannie Buss didn't give her president, you know, the the right tools uh, to to do what he was supposed to do. Sam Sam Presti, you know would would have been allowed to do that stuff you know as as the gm and president he would have been able to do that stuff she she kept it in house No, you can't get rid of rob look at look at gail benson um over and over in the pelicans when all that stuff leaked she can depths because of all those leaks with the anthony davis stuff that he did and it came out the pelicans leaked that stuff not the lakers and that hurt the season too so Magic, to me, was doing all the right moves. He drafted Lonzo. Lonzo was a key proprietor of this team. They, got, they, they flipped. They flipped Timothy Mozgov, his terrible contract, and got back Kuzma and Josh Hart and Brooke Lopez, essentially. Yes, they gave up D'Angelo Russell, but that dude was a cancer in the locker room to begin with. So I just I don't see how he was doing a bad job and if he doesn't agree with his GM who's in the silo with him and they're not agreeing, you've got to move on from one of the two of them. I mean, I know it's not Sam Presti with that aspect, but I mean, Nick, who who you want to keep? Magic Johnson or Rob Polinka? The, the other, other teams don't even want to talk to Rob Polinka because they don't like him because he was such a good agent that he'd hardball all these teams with this money. Now he's got to work with them. People don't want to deal with that shit.
2: No, no, and, and and you bring up good points here. I think I, I think a lot of what Magic Johnson. I think the re, I think a lot of the you know the reason behind his resignation was uh, I think it was a lot. I think it was just disconnect. I think looking at the Lakers, I think between coaching staff, ownership, front office, I just think that they. they I mean, they need more you know unity and um, than they currently have right now. I think that when, when mm-hmm. you saw the Lakers in the early two thousands after Jerry Buss sadly passed away and wasn't in the pitcher anymore I mean things just haven't been the same with the kids running the team
1: oh my god
2: I just (laughs) no they haven't
1: yeah it's over the last six years they have the least amount of wins of any franchise in the NBA in the last yeah
2: well that's shocking too I mean just think about it the I mean the they're not even the best team in their own arena anymore. The Clippers are the better better team at Staples <laughs> for crying out loud over the last five years. Come well, on! Here's a food for thought, too. The Clippers have, a be- have had a better last five years, and they just had their owner, Donald Sterling, get canned for being a racist it, and getting banned it, for life. It,
1: and all that, that drama. That- not to cut you off here, but Steve Ballmer has done a smart thing. He's taken Jerry West, he's taken Lawrence Frank, he's taken Michael Winger, and he's put together a brain trust, just like Daryl Morey did with, you know, with with the uh, uh, the guy who's uh, Rosas or uh, the the guy who's I think it's Rosas, the guy who's the with the Timberwolves now. You know, Daryl Morey put a brain trust with them in Houston, and they're the closest thing to get to the finals that isn't Golden State because he just said, "Look, we're just going to do this. We went and got Chris Paul. We went and got James Harden." You know they they brought in Clint Capella. It was a great pickup in, in the draft. You know, that's what the Clippers are doing. Ballmer's put himself with all these guys, re- and he, and he had the balls to remove uh, Doc Rivers, and Rivers is succeeding not having to be the GM. It's you know he probably got Coach of the Year nod uh, votes today when when that came out. Meanwhile, Jeannie's surrounding herself with with Linda and and Kurt Rambis and the two dorky Bus brothers and. You know, okay. Then let's do something with Ryan West. What if you What if you make Ryan West the basketball president? Maybe Jerry comes back to work with his son. Even though it, it's on record that Jerry West laughed at the Lakers when he was able to get Zubac for for Muscala, he laughed at me as a, as a Laker fan. You know, and and you have this brain trust in your same building, and then. Reports come out about a week ago that there was emails between Rob Palenka and Jeannie Bus that were basically about Magic Johnson and their thoughts on him, and he was accidentally CC'd on these things. It's like a, it's it's a bunch of idiots. It's like <laughs> it's like the Sixers when they when uh, uh who uh, what's it? Colangelo's got his wife doing fake tweets. You know, it's how do you, oh, how do you oh, oh yeah the burner
2: account yeah yeah the yeah there account. you go yeah how
1: do you CC <laughs> Magic on this? And you wonder why he wants out. You, you don't give him the power, and you let him walk. You know, it, just, it just blows my mind. Like, I know. Look, and I'm, I'm sitting here going, there's a big rumor. Sam Amick said this. I think Stephen A. said this. So, so reputable people that apparently the Lakers are in talks with a big-name GM, and they're working with him to sign their new coach, but they can't name him because he's still in the playoffs. And this came out at the beginning of the first round. So now, obviously, we've lost eight teams in the playoffs. So maybe it comes out in the next week or two here. But I'll tell you what, going off the name you said, Monty, you know, they're they're talking hard and making a huge push to sign Monty Williams. If you look at Monty Williams, he comes from the, the Popovich and Spurs, R.C. Buford, uh, you know, their, their tree, right? Right, And then he went and coached in an OKC, right? Yep. Who's in OKC that came also from the Spurs, Popovich, uh, Buford Tree, who's now in OKC doing what Magic was doing? Is it a test? Sam Presti.
2: Sam Presti, yeah. that's
1: <laughs> Yeah, well, and that's the thing, I, I, I just... It's a conspiracy. <laughs> it's a conspiracy thought, but hey... He got ties to Monty Williams And and if they're supposedly consulting With this shadow person To to sign the coach Why are they going for Monty Williams over Ty Lue so hard That was a guy for Sam Presti That's a Sam Presti guy So maybe Maybe Sam Presti's coming to the Lakers And this turns into Well we we move magic for Presti And it all works out Maybe it's Bob Myers and Golden State Who knows Or maybe maybe they're just going to ride with Rob and it's just going to be Rob Palenka doing everything. And it could be a disaster.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, I don't know. You know, you know, yeah, it'll be an interesting story how it plays out. I think that, uh, I, mean, I think if we're talking about free agency. I think that, uh, or the off season rather, uh, you know, that's going to be a story yeah, to follow. Jump into free agency. The, about the- we,
1: we got like 15 yeah. minutes left. Let's just go free agency. Let's not worry about the draft of the postseason. Let's, we, this is too good to not go into free agency for sure. So kick it, kick it off where you were going. I did that. That's cut you off. I just, just directed the boat to the home stretch and let's go free agency with it, but go back to where you were going there.
2: Oh, no, I think, I, I think that I was just kind of saying with, uh, with, you know, with the Austin, I, I, I thought, I just think the Lakers have an interesting storyline outside of free agency, but you know, just kind of going into free agency. Um, lot of lot of big names this year. Well I I guess wow. we kind of say that every year. I I I mean we I mean we say this every year though. Um you but know this obviously year, man
1: this class is bonkers.
2: Oh yeah with uh with Kevin Durant and uh Kawhi Leonard having player opt outs potentially um man that's, that's, I I don't know what, what what do you think? Do you think Kevin Durant or Kawhi Leonard obviously those two are the, the two biggest fish per se. Um do you think either of them opts out of their deal?
1: Uh, yes, I think they both do. It's just a matter of where they go. I think that's going to be the tricky part. Um, you, you know, you you look at the top six, and I think only one of them is a. Uh, w- there's only one of them I will hundred percent say, uh, say will stay with where he is. Uh, I think Porzingis doesn't leave Dallas. I think they're going to just pay him whatever he wants and he'll stay. That makes the most sense. But when I mean, you go through the top five guys and they're all K's: Kevin, Kawhi, Kyrie, Kemba, Clay. You know, it's it's which is ironic too. But I think Durant opts out, and I think Kawhi opts out. I think Kyrie opts out. I think all three of them do. Now, when when Ke- when Kevin Durant was on the Thunder, if you remember um, back when we had the Sportscast Radio website, I wrote an article in February that year that said Kevin Durant's going to go to Golden State, and here's why. He went to Golden State. I have that same feeling. He's going to New York, but I think it might be to Brooklyn.
2: I agree. I, I can see the, that for sure. But but, question, but but again,
1: I'm mm-hmm. oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. The question? No, but I'm going to jump here. So so go go with your Durant point. Oh, I was going to say with the the thing.
2: It kind of goes back to me talking about James Dolan. I still think James Dolan is a huge reason. Uh, I think he's a huge turnoff about. Freedoms going to the next. I think that honestly, it's kind of like because if you think about the NBA, I mean, it's kind of like a brotherhood of players. You know what I mean? I think that I think that there's kind of a consensus around the league who are good guys and who are bad guys. And in terms of owners, I mean, can you name one person, literally on the face of the earth, other than his family, that probably likes James Dolan? I I can't name many people that have said positive things
1: about him. No, I. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I just I don't see, and and that's where that's where I think, I think that's where the problem comes in with that team. I think you could have you could have Kevin Durant gift wrapped and ready to go. That team's gonna. that team only has thirty four and a half million on the books next season, you know which money they're gonna have to spend. And oh
2: yeah, they're gonna yeah a lot of money.
1: If you're, if you're the Knicks, and you grab a guy like Kevin Durant and he and and Kevin Durant gets that team to the playoffs, they get to the conference finals, which is very possible in the East. This dude's going to get a statue and be beloved in New York. So like the writing's on the wall for everything to make sense, but it's, it's just a matter of how bad does Dolan cock block this team from getting Kevin Durant. And, and you know, if you get Kevin Durant, you got enough money to do it. You might be able to get yourself Kyrie Irving. And you might end up with the number one pick, and you might get Zion Williamson. And now you've just changed this entire franchise in one. And and why else do you think they traded for DeAndre Jordan? That's like Kevin Durant's best friend or something, you know. So there's obviously was a reason they got DeAndre Jordan, and it was to use him to recruit him. But I tell you what, Brooklyn, they got they only got fifty million on the books next year. They could probably free up more if needed. You think there's a chance Durant and Kyrie could go to Brooklyn? Man,
2: and, uh, you know, I, I think I—I I don't know. I, I think that a lot of this is going to come down to how the Warriors finish their season. I think that—I mean, if the Warriors win the championship this year, um, versus if they don't, I, I think that—I don't know if that plays into what Kevin Durant's decision is going to be, but. I mean, I don't know. I, I think Kevin Durant, in my opinion, is going to be a tough guy to predict. I think Kyrie, on the other hand, is going to be tough. I mean, both these guys are still in the playoffs. And I th- I just think that... I don't know. I mean, I mean, what if Boston gets to the NBA Finals and they lose in Game 7? If they were that close. Uh, with With Golden State, obviously, probably being... They'll probably be more beatable in the next year or two, I would assume. But... I don't know. And and that's the thing, like how this season plays out, I think is going to play so much into how we we're going to speculate how free agency is going to work out and how the off season is going to go. So, ah, I don't know. I I mean, it would be cool to see Durant and Kyrie together in Brooklyn, you know, kind of bring basketball back to uh, a city like New York. Definitely, in my opinion, is a great basketball city and deserves it. Um, So as a fan perspective, I root for it, but do I think it'll happen? I think it's a long shot.
1: And how big of a slap in the face is that to Knicks fans that you guys lost to the new, to the Brooklyn Nets? You know, <laughs> it's like the Clippers yeah. getting somebody over the Lakers. And, 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 you know, say you bring back D'Angelo Russell. Now you could move Russell to the two if you really wanted to. And now you've got a D'Angelo Russell, Kyrie Irving backcourt. That's nasty, man. That's that's nasty
2: definitely it'll is. be
1: interesting to see what happens do, what do you think there's also a rumor that came out today um, CBS um, I think is who leaked it it was on the uh, with, with uh, Danny Kanell and Rajah Bell show the off the bench one um, Kevin Durant Kawhi Leonard both to consider the Nets what do you think if Durant and Kawhi went to Brooklyn together
2: man I think I don't know, I, and I, and that's the thing about Kawhi Leonard too. Why, I mean, I mean, you talked about how great of, you know, of a move, you know, bringing Kawhi Leonard into the Raptors was. But but in hindsight, was it really that good of a move? Because think about it. What if what if Toronto doesn't get to the NBA Finals this year, and and they don't have a chance to compete for a championship, and, and Kawhi walks in the offseason? you're pretty much left with Kyle Lowry, Pascal Siakam. You know, and then and then you still have, I guess you you could say they brought in Marcus Saul, but I just I don't know. I, well, and... Gasol's
1: a free agent too, though. To be fair. Oh yeah, cool. Okay, Marcus, that's right. Marcus Saul's got. I mean, now he's got a player option, and he's he's gonna get twenty five, twenty six million. So maybe he doesn't opt out.
2: I don't think but, he'll I mean, opt yeah, out of
1: that. I mean, Abaca's under contract. Danny Green's a free agent. You got Norman Powell and Fred Van Vliet, So I mean, it, it's not. It's definitely not a who's who. I mean, you're right, but. And, and I guess I'll say this: Look, at the time of this, and especially why I took Masai Giri, not counting the playoffs, this was a brilliant move. I think getting him. But as you said, if they don't win, and he doesn't stay, you're doing the same thing that Sam Presti risked in OKC with Paul George. It's a huge what if, and it's a high risk. But if he stays, that you can't you can't knock how high of a reward was. And I and I I definitely give give kudos to them for at least trying it after seeing what OKC did with with Paul George. They went for it and they won. So they're trying it in Toronto and you know, we'll find out in 2 months if it worked.
2: Definitely will. Yeah, and that's and, and you're spot on with that. It was it was a great risk. And I remember when when the Paul George deal went down, I th- I think we both reacted when we heard the news and we both laughed We're saying, oh man, like
1: <laughs> they got Oh, Oh, this, is, oh, this
2: it's like what? It's like what are they doing? Like, I, I, like, like what is? What are both teams doing? Like, we, we thought this was the dumbest trade in NBA history. You, you dump Paul George for Oladipo and Sabonis. We're like, what are you guys doing? And then it yeah, turns Oladipo out, couldn't
1: cut it in Orlando. Why <laughs> would like, no, you want him. <laughs> No, and, and
2: and the amazing thing is that I think that that trade might be the most fair deal I've ever seen in NBA history. Like. At least yeah, in the last so five fun. years, five, ten years, it worked perfectly for both teams. Both teams got exactly what they needed, got exactly what they wanted. Um, yeah, I, I was just amazed by how well that trade worked out for both teams.
1: Yeah, you're 100% correct with that. Victor Oladipo, where, you know, if Oladipo doesn't get hurt, how much are we arguing for him to be on the All-NBA team now, too? Now that's another guy we'd have to look at. And as we said, if it wasn't for Pascal Siakam's insane year, Demario Sabonis might have won six man, so definitely. I was like, "Holy crap, that was a really good trade." Yeah, yeah I, I love that you was. brought that up. What, do you, yeah, what it, do you? What do you do with the next step? So obviously we have Durant, Kawhi, and Kyrie moving, and and are you in agreement too? Porzingis is restricted. If anybody throws him a contract, Dallas is going to match it. He, he, I mean, is that kind of a lock? You think Chris Stapps in Dallas?
2: Well, yeah. Considering he didn't play a game for him, uh, or, or did, no, or did, did, did no, he, he come didn't. Back
1: from, yeah, no, I not think so. He probably won't yet. be back until like December or February, too. Yeah, so. I, I, and that's the th-
2: and that's the thing. I I just find it hard for a guy like Porzingis to not ever suit up for a, the team that. And I think that says a lot when when Dallas makes that kind of move, and they bring him in. Um, I think that I mean that says a lot about what they. I, I don't know. I just can't see him walking after a team believes in him and and uh yeah i just i, I think he'll stay there next year i can't see and I, just walking
1: if i'm porzingis you know he completely that's another guy who wanted out of new york because of dolan and how bad that front office is you know it's there's proof in the pudding right there that two of the top three guys have a chance to go to new york together and might pick the other new york team porzingis proved that and if you're Kristaps porzingis you know damn well Dirk's gonna have a spot in that in that organization, and I I I hate always going well. You got to compare the European to the European and the white guy to the white guy and things like that. But Porzingis could be Dirk, and what a better guy to learn from than Dirk? And then he's got a he's gonna have a teammate and that he's can play 15 years with in in Luka Doncic. Like it's too good of a thing. And then let's not forget um uh, uh, you know they got the the young point guard. Uh, I don't know why I can't think of his name. Uh Junior. What the hell is his name? Um Dennis Smith. Oh, Smith-Junior. Dennis Smith Jr. I don't Dennis know why I couldn't think of his name. So yeah. I think they're on the right track. And the, you know, yes, they're not gonna have their, their pick unless it's I think top five protected, otherwise it ends up in, in Atlanta. So there's a chance they don't have a pick, but maybe they do get a pick out of the deal and you know it works out, and so I think he stays, but Kemba Walker, Clay Thompson, do they stay with their teams? I think Clay's is a little more of a lock, but Kemba's now kind of stiff in the first guy I could see that maybe the purple and gold try to go for or or have a chance of getting. What do you think Kemba and Clay do?
2: Uh, I think Clay will get the max from from uh, from Golden State, and I think Kemba will probably walk. I can't see him stay for too much longer. They're not really making much progress.
1: Shout out to Michael Jordan. Never going to be Magic Johnson in the front office. What I hell no. So what does is, what is Kemba go? Like, if you're Kemba, what do you, what do you want to do? Is, is a team like Phoenix attractive to you to go play with Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton and potentially a guy like Zion? And, and it's, you know, they're, they're going to have a young team. They're trying to get Monty Williams, too, really hard. And, you know, they have a potential. And, you know, it's, it's a good city. Um, they have good fans. Is that, is that a destination? I mean, what are, you, what are you trying to do if you're Kemba Walker? Do you go to Brooklyn? I mean, you go to the Knicks. Yeah,
2: I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Phoenix is kind of a weird spot for me. Um, I, I, th- I, he, he's got to go. Given where he is in his career, um, he's not a, he's not really a young player anymore. I think
1: he's. He's, he's gonna go to a, right
0: Yeah,
2: he's going to go to a contender. He's not. He's not going to mess around with these rebuild things anymore. Uh, I think he's going to go to a team that is in need of a point guard, like. Uh, I I don't know LA LA is always attractive, but I, I just, I see him. I, I don't know, I just think he's going to go to a team that where he can compete for a championship at this stage. I think that that's kind of the trends we always see when guys get into their late twenties, they haven't won much yet. They haven't had much playoff experience. Sometimes it doesn't turn into the money, but rather what can I do to give myself the best chance to win? And I think that's, what's going to go through his mind.
1: Um. So, you know, Kemba Walker's going to be a guy that he's not going to get signed until, the, you know, the big three dominoes fall out of the way. So, you know, we'll get to see him on the, on the blocks a little bit. Hoops Hype, uh, Frank Ravina over at Hoops Hype put, put, uh, came out a couple weeks ago. Um, his thoughts on wh- what Kemba could do. Obviously, he put Kemba uh, contract extension. If he makes an All-NBA team, I think he's eligible, just like Clay is for the Supermax. So I think that's an option. Um, They put the Knicks on here as well. But two other teams they put on here that I didn't say for Kemba, the Dallas Mavericks, which is kind of intriguing, but also the Indiana Pacers. What if Kemba went to play with Miles Turner and Victor Oladipo?
2: Yeah, that would be... Man, that would be really interesting to see if uh, that happened. I don't know. I mean, it's... I mean there's so much speculation at this point. I think after after the playoffs and we kind of see you know we see who wins the championship and you know where cuz there's still a lot of big names still playing. I think and I'm, like I like I said before I think that that's going to influence a lot of what these guys do. Um it, but you know what it's going to be a very it's going to be interesting to follow it over the next few months.
1: Oh um. Charlotte Observer is Rick Bonnell, said the biggest threat to learn Walker away from Charlotte are the Dallas Mavericks. He said threats to send Kemba Walker place this team in the top of your list of Dallas Mavericks. Two sources with knowledge of the Mavericks thinking expect Walker, the Hornets' three-time all-star point guard, to be that team's top target when free agency begins. Although the Mavericks are only 27-39 and 39 this season, second-worst record in the West, they will have the salary cap flexibility to offer a free agent a max deal this summer and, a, and an appealing future to pitch with an abundant young talent. I agree with that but man this Indiana thing is sexy to me. You in the Eastern Conference where if you look at this the East could lose Kyrie Irving, Kawhi Leonard, potentially Jimmy Butler, potentially Tobias Harris, potentially Nikola Vucevic. You know, a lot of guys could be moving out of this to make it even more wide open. Durant say he doesn't come over and stays in Golden State. You, you put a team of Kemba Walker, Demata Sabonis, Miles Turner, and Victor Oladipo on the court. That's a that's a tough four, man.
2: Oh yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I totally agree with you on that. That's uh, definitely definitely a dangerous lineup. That uh, yeah, I don't know. I,
1: I look, totally agree with you on that. Salary caps roughly projected to be 109 million. Pacers only have 60 million on the book. They have 49 million to spend. Who's to say they couldn't get him? and if you and fill out your roster with you know a, another guy to come in there? You want to get crazy. What if what if they make the money work and they put out a, a, a starting five, Demata Savonis, Miles Turner, Victor Oladipo, and they add Kemba Walker and Julius Randle to that list. Or Tobias Harris to that list. <laughs> Paces yeah. are going to be tough then, man. Yeah, they could. That's they That's insane in the, to in, think about.
2: Yeah, they could. And the Eastern Conference, as we know, is always a conference. Uh, it's, it's, it's always a soft conference, and it's always one where uh, you can definitely get a leg up if you make the right moves.
1: Who that's scary. Um, we're running out of time here. Uh, real quick, a couple other guys. I just wanted to get your thoughts on where they could. Wh- let me ask you this real quick. What do you think Kawhi does?
0: Oh
2: man, um, what will Kawhi do? Does he stay I in Toronto? think you know. Part of me thinks he'll. Ah, that's tough. I, you know, part of me thinks he'll stay in Toronto. Just given every all the drama that happened in San Antonio, I think that. Um, I I think I think a lot of that is misunderstood I think that maybe the Spurs had you know a little bit the Spurs should be faulted I think a little bit in this circumstance I mean obviously it it takes two to argue yeah it takes two to argue and I just think that staying in Toronto is probably the best move for him and and Kawhi to me um, I, I, I think he needs to gain trust and build his reputation back up in my opinion. And I, I, I don't know, Kawhi just seems like that type of dude to me, just kind of that, you know, doesn't want to be any trouble or whatever, and definitely had gotten a lot of drama with San Antonio, and um, I think he's just going to, I think he's going to surprise a lot of people and stay like Paul George did. I think a lot of people are expecting Kawhi to leave, but I, I would bet on him staying in Toronto.
1: And, and that, the, the nice thing with that too is it proves Bruce did the right thing. Um, And why he's considered one of the best execs and it gets sort of the stink. You mentioned with, with the Spurs fight, you know, it, it shows that he really is like a dude. I just want to play basketball type guy. So I I do agree with that. Um, Last ones I wanted to ask you about, um, we'll split this into two parts. First part, what do you think happens with boogie? Obviously he was, he took the small deal, tried to get a ring and try to redeem himself and show that he can be a max player. And he gets hurt again. Who's going to throw money at Boogie and, and be the guy to get him? Or is it going to be like this last year where it doesn't happen again?
2: I don't think it's going to happen again. I think that he didn't play long. I, I think there's – he didn't play long enough for, for one, to get a big deal because we don't know how he's going to recover from that injury. And number two, I think a lot of it is going to come down to what Clay Thompson, what the situation with Clay Thompson is, and ultimately what Kevin Durant decides to do. I think if you're an NBA player of his caliber – um. You'd be stupid not to be influenced by, by what Durant and and Clay Thompson. What happens to them? So, I think it's going to be a wait and see approach. And I think that the the Demarcus Cousins thing will probably come after, um, probably come after the Durant and Clay Thompson things get settled.
1: Yeah, I I I don't know where he, he he's gonna go. Like I don't know, I like, I don't I don't think I don't think uh, Golden State's gonna want to keep him. You know, so I think that's that hurts too. You know, I mean, maybe a team like the Bulls, who have nothing to lose, just throws money at him and he goes there. Who knows? That one's really, really up in the air for me. And then last one I really want to kind of get into here in this, in this uh, free agency the two Philly, the, the two Philly free agents. I mean, obviously, you know, J.J. Reddick's a free agent, but he's, you know, mid tier. Jimmy Butler, Tobias Harris. What happens with them?
2: Man, yeah, I think, uh, I think to, Ah, oh, that's tough too. I think Jimmy Butler stays in Philly. He seems like he—that's that, the type of guy he kind of seems like. he's and I, I, a lot of people could argue Jimmy Butler going to the Lakers, but really, I just think that I, I think Jimmy Butler has a chip on his shoulder, and I think that the way Philadelphia plays and c- kind of the temperament of that team really fits the mold of Jimmy Butler. And I think that I think after what happened with the Timberwolves and what happened in Minnesota, I just think that the guy has a chip on his shoulder and I think that he's in a good spot there. Uh, and then the kind of going into Tobias Harris now, again, I think says a lot when a team trades for a mid I think that he, he's going to get a lot. I think it's, for him, it's going to come down to money. Ultimately, if a team throws a lot of money at Tobias Harris, I wouldn't be surprised if he jumped on a deal. Um, but I don't know. It's hard to see the Sixers really giving him a lot, but I don't know. I, the, Tobias is a tough one. I don't know what your take is on that.
1: Yeah, I, I, Tobias Harris, I think, is slowly playing himself into a guy that a team that's desperate to really make a splash. A team, once again, like Indiana. I think Indiana and, Bro- Indiana and Brooklyn, I think, could be in play for both of these guys. I think Indiana is going to really make a make a push to get another piece to go in there and try to make a run because the East is so soft, like you said. Tobias Harris could, could play himself into a $30 million contract. And I'll tell you what, I think he's one of the most underrated players in the league. Nobody ever talks about Tobias Harris, and all he does is good things. So, I think those are two two teams that could do something. If Philly makes it to the conference finals, and or even the NBA finals and doesn't win, who would to say they don't say screw it and go over the luxury tax and keep them both? And just try to run another year with this team. So, I mean, I'm intrigued by it. I'm I'm intrigued by it. So, God, we'll have to see where it goes on there. We'll have to really see where it goes. Definitely. Um, I don't I don't know if you have any interest in it, but uh, do, do you uh you have any have any uh, excitement in the the Big Three draft that happened?
0: <laughs> oh, man, I
2: I've 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 heard about that league. I, I've read about it. <laughs> I have not Greg watched Golden, a single minute of it. No, I haven't watched draft. a single minute of it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I can't, I can't, I. Can't, that's that's too much for me. I, I, I can't. I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not. I, I think it's an interesting concept, but, um, it's kind of more of a. Uh, it's more comedic to me than than it is actually <laughs> interesting to watch.
1: That's funny. They they added they added, uh, they added uh, four new teams. Uh, Royce White, number one pick. It's kind of fun. Interesting. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, it, it, it's kind of the off season, man. I, I'm excited to see where that what happens this off season. I really want to see where where this goes. We talk every year how how bonkers that the the NBA always becomes every single year in the off season, and this is just another another bit of proof that we thought last year was on a wild ride. You ain't seen nothing yet. And LeBron James was in that class. You know what I'm saying? So oh, oh, absolutely. Be yeah. Wild. Oh, it's I be can't crazy. Wait. Um, Nick, we're going to have to – we, we got to do this again. This was a hell of a fun show, man. This is one of the funnest shows I've done in a long time. I know I say that a lot, but, you know, I thought we had some great talk. I think once you once you got on my ass about Magic Johnson and the Lakers is when I really woke up and started firing at all cylinders with you. And it was a great conversation. The fans absolutely we we will have to come on probably i don't know maybe maybe for the draft do a quick draft special and obviously the week after the draft you know we got to do our late night 11 p.m to 1 a.m into free agency first two hours and see what happens with it get people calling Uh, in like last time um yeah go ahead go ahead oh no i was just
2: gonna say yeah it's always a lot of fun i think uh you know like you said always good conversations and uh you know, always enjoy keeping you honest and get, getting on your ass about your uh, about yeah. your about your lowly,
1: <laughs> terrible. Nobody, nobody Lakers. has the balls to do it. Everyone's like, "Oh, Ryan's just gonna yell at me." Well, good. That's what good conversation is: is we we have a discussion, not you right. just too many people just agree with everything. They just, oh yeah, you're right. Yeah, I like that idea. No, hell no. Let's debate, baby, and it was fun. And I had a good time doing it, man. Hey, For sure. Plug everything you got once again, here, guys. Uh, check out his stuff. Uh, plug away. Yeah, like I said, you know,
2: if you're and, – and I know people listen to this. Whether you're a degenerate gambler, whether you're a serious <laughs> gambler, whether, whether you bet for, you know, 25 cents a bet, whether whether you play for 250 a bet. I I, I mean, check us out, sportsbettingmasters.com. On Twitter, uh, sportsbettingm8. uh, You know, and, and we also – we also, uh, it's kind of a more European app, but we also, if you ever heard of telegram before, we also have a, uh, w- yeah, we also have an, uh, a channel on there where we, uh, we put out that's a couple times a week, try to do it every other day, at least. Um, if it's not on our website, it'll be there too. But yeah, you know, like I said, pe- people working on it, we're all passionate about sports. We're all looking to get better. And, uh, like I said, if you ever want good advice, come check us out.
1: Now, does it show like which articles you write for this site?
2: Uh, like, it does is there you a you way I can
1: the... I... Okay. Yeah, so it does. Like,
2: appeal... It does of you who's open up the page, nice... but
1: NBA bets is that a Hagberg special? Yep, Nick, there it is. That's what I figured. But well, yep. no,
2: but, but, <laughs> but no, but I think it's I think it's pretty obvious if it's you know if uh, you know if it's an American sport, there's probably a good chance me or uh me or the other guy wrote i mean there's three of us there's two of us from the u.s one person who lives in europe but um but yeah i mean but, but my name's under the articles and um you know i tr- I try to write as much as i can on there uh when i have time to do it and uh you know just you know and i and i and i try and i do my best i try to you know you know try to not make people lose their money and and so far we've you know we've had a pretty good start in the first month
1: hey it, 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 go on there, and he'll be able to tell you about Peter Wright versus Mensur Suljovic in the Premier League Darts. Yeah, hey, hey,
2: hey! Uh, oh, yeah, we, hey, we went three and one today on those bets. We, we only lost the last one. So, I,
1: who, who knew? And,
2: hey, did you know that I knew darts? I bet you didn't you know that I, I watched special darts. No,
1: I, I had no, no idea. idea,
2: no whatsoever. idea. But,
1: but you could also get a uh, uh, nutlucks on this website on your guys' website for fifty percent off. That's that's one of the most interesting ads I've ever seen. I will never forget that there's like Norwegian Crocs uh, being advertised. That was the greatest <laughs> thing I've ever seen. <laughs> right. <laughs> ah, guys, t- keep them up, keep keep following them. Um, like I said, yeah, I hit that follow button, so you got you got a friend in me on the, on the Twitterverse. Uh, it wasn't from the cast, it was from the Russell cast. I gave Jordan the sports cast, but hey, I still got to show the love somehow. Um, thanks, guys, Stick it in. We went a little overtime tonight, but. That's what happens. We we I mean, this was our problem at at the pizza place. We sit there talking, arguing about sports for hours, and oh, we should probably get cleaning. Um, so I should probably get cleaning. I got I got I got uh, babysitter tomorrow morning coming over, so I got to get ready for it. Uh Nick, thanks again, man. We'll be we'll be in talks to have another another show here coming up soon, and can't wait to do it again. Thanks for coming on, man. Appreciate
2: yeah, everybody sure. listening. for sure. Take it
1: easy. Sportscast Radio. We out